And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are about to enter the world of darkness. A world where life and death are meaningless and pain is God. Woo! Hey, fella, let's go. Yeah. Where the world? On your right, you will see the infamous Albert Fish. <laughs> Massacre's saddest, child killer, most importantly, cannibal. Fish, born 1870 and enjoyed spankings with nail-studded paddles and stuffing needles deep into his groin. Yeah, I have a question. How many nails... Hold all questions. Vigilante justice prevailed, and it took his ass out and hung him. <laughs> and that infamous hanging tree is no more than a stone's throw away from where y'all's ass is now seated. The next day, his body was found to be missing. Until today, no trace of Dr. Satan has ever been discovered. Then who knows? Maybe he lives next door to you. Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. And you are here for episode 130. And wow. we have a guest. I know. Yeah. Every time that number goes by, I go, what the hell what? are we doing with our lives? But we have a guest. Yes, and we we're do. very excited about that. Um, Chad Savage from Sinister Visions. He is a 
I would describe you, sir, as an artist, a designer, a haunter, a virtual renaissance man. Yeah. <laughs> in, the in the spooky <laughs> genre. So, uh, well, first of all, welcome. Thank you. And uh, as I said off mic, we've kind of, you and I have kind of known of each other for a long time, since back in the Carpenter days, and we've sort of, I think we've sort of drifted, ne- our boats have drifted near one another. Right. Um, but this is the we, first time we've actually met. Yeah, well, we, we have for, I, can I say decades? Yeah. <laughs> have run in the same virtual genre circles. Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, this is the first time we've actually spoken, like, with our mouths and voices. <laughs> so, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, 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 give us a little background on you, please, and Sinister Visions, because I love what you do. Oh, well, thank you. Um, trying to think of the short version. Um, uh, Sinister Visions is my company. I do graphic and web design, specializing in uh, dark subject matters and businesses, uh, primarily for the haunted attraction industry. Mm-hmm. Um, been doing that for about 17 years full time. Right. Uh, it's it's uh, if you had told teenage me that this is what I'd be doing for a living, I would not have believed it. Uh, I still don't believe it that sure. that I actually make a living this way. Yeah, uh, awesome. I think I have the best job in the world. Awesome. That is, that is awesome. So, what's, what's the old Chinese proverb? Mm-hmm. Find the thing you love and do it the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you love and you'll never work a day. Yeah. Uh, although that can be that, that can be challenging. The making doing doing it isn't isn't the hard part. It's it's getting someone to pay you for it. That's well, the hard part. Yeah. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish my schedule on anybody. I happen to love it. Uh-huh. But, you know, pretty much July through September I'm pulling fourteen to eighteen hour days every day. Wow. That's crazy. But it's making, you know, virtual scary uh, monsters and, and scarecrows and, and skeletons. Spooky shit. It's fun. I like it. <laughs> Chad, did you, did you go to school as a graphic designer or anything like that? I did. Uh, I actually come from a family of artists. Uh, my grandfather, uh, besides being a, literally a World War II flying ace, uh, was also an amazing uh, multimedia artist. He worked with. He, he converted his garage into a shop, uh, and he did he amazing metal sculptures. He would just take scrap metal and melt it into very uh, interesting, highly stylized uh, tabloid. He he loved uh, western subject matter, cowboys, horses, Native American stuff, uh, and he had a really interesting style. Very it was at once very primitive yet very elegant. Uh, he did woodworking. Uh, he was an accomplished draftsman, cartoonist. My dad was an architect uh, and wow. draftsman. Uh, so it was in the blood from the word go. I was drawing from probably before I was walking. Uh, well, maybe not. But it, it, I was lucky in that growing up, there was never really a question what I was going to do for a living. We knew it was going to be art-related. Uh, but I also had uh, an interest in graphic design um, to the extent that I was hand-lettering logos for fictitious bands in junior high and high school. I, I have sketchbooks full of them. Sure. Uh, so when it came time to, you know, at the end of high school to pick a college, like I said, I, it was never one of the, you, you know, the old cliche of, you know, the art stuff is fine, but 
go to college and learn a business and you can do that stuff in your spare time. I, I never had to put up with that. My parents were always really supportive. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So I worked, uh, I got a degree in uh, graphic design and illustration in 1991, uh, exactly a year or two before everything went digital. Right. And 50% of the skills I had learned uh, overnight became obsolete. Dude, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you about that because I think you and I are the same age. And I, I started, I, I, the first time I went to, to school, it was in this program called, it wasn't called graphic design, it was called commercial graphics. Yeah. Wow. And and yep. you, you hand, you know, you, you had to it was learn. like layout. What, yeah, exactly. And you learned yep. all these fonts and you drew them by hand and, and all this stuff. And... Uh, and then I, you know, then I drifted away from that because I, I, my life went another path. And then, you know, I'm approaching, you know, I'm, I'm 48. So I'm going to go back to school, damn it, because I'm not doing what I want to do. Holy crap, I go back and, like, it's all this computer stuff, and I'm lost. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. Yep. I, I, got, I got two words that will make you nostalgic. Chart pack. Yeah. <laughs> And Ruby Lift. Yes, wow. yes. Those, those reminds me of things like SideQuest cartridges. <laughs> saving. I remember, like, the magazine saving it to this giant thing that oh, yeah. you would run around, and it was always an issue, like, did the printer have it? Could he adapt to it? Or... Well, it was kind of like it was kind of like the old days of film, right? You set your film off, and you have no idea of what yeah. you... You don't know if it came out good or not until you got yeah, it back. Right? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, so uh, where was oh so graduated uh, like I said everything went digital. Um, I wound up uh, with the the classic you can't get a job without experience and you can't get experience without a job. Mm. So I worked in coffee shops for about four years and then uh, I forget what I read where I read it, but it basically just uh, the the it was an article and the point that I took from it was. If you're sending out resumes like crazy and you're not getting a response, do something weird because really, what do you have to lose? Sure. That's what, you know what? I'm so glad you say that. That's what I've been saying forever about about art in general. Because right. I meet so many people that are like, they're trying to read the marketplace, they're trying to do this other stuff, they're trying to, to second guess what the market's going to like. Right. And I've always said. Odds are you're not going to make a dime off this, so why aren't you swinging for the fences? Like, why aren't you taking risks? Now's the time to take risks, the time when no one's going to pay you. Right, right. Well, this wasn't even an art thing. This was when I was applying for just, you know, entry-level graphic design jobs. Mm. Um, but what I wound up doing was printing my resume on uh, neon pink paper. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then the cover at the end of the cover letter, uh, yes, I'm aware that I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm also aware that you're reading this. Ah, ah nice. And uh, I listed, uh, what else did I do? Oh, in my experience, um, I, I had been uh, father for a few years at that point, and that had really been what I'd been doing most of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I broke down the skill sets. Uh, in extremely technical language like uh, waste disposal technician, <laughs> uh, specialized diet consultant, and it was enough to get me in the door, and I landed my first design job in 96. Uh, wow. till uh, 2001, and then went full-time freelance. Nice. That is great. That is awesome. Um, uh, uh, you know, one of the things I, I do want to touch on lightly is the fact that I've always thought... You were, and we have to, I've said this to you in, in text, but 
I feel like you are one of those people that I put into a category of spooky people that are great parents. And uh, we used to do panels on, at cons about raising children in a horror-friendly environment. Sure. Right? And, um, and you're someone, I think, that does that w very well. I think Leon Marcello does it really yeah. well. I think uh, Sean Lewis does it really well. Yeah, Sean's, yeah. Sean's um, uh, I just want to touch on that a little bit. Um, well, okay. First, I, I appreciate that. Was there something specific uh, you wanted no, no, to... No, just in general. It's like, I, it's like I, I, I just always thought that did about it, you. Did it ever... Did, at, at any point, did it ever cross your mind, maybe I shouldn't let the kids see this, or maybe... Especially when it comes to your own art. Uh, right. Well, it's... I was... It, it's... <laughs> what am I trying to say? Mm -hmm. I have an uh, perhaps an odd perspective on it, because I was raised uh, in a very conservative Southern Baptist family. Uh, I literally went to church with the Clintons. Wow. Emmanuel Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, my parents were friends of the Clintons. They uh, went to whatever you call adult Sunday school. The, together, they were sure. active on a lot of the same committee. They're all throwing chicken bones, I think. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, my parents are very involved in the church, very involved in the community, um, and that's how I was raised. But I was the kid that loved Halloween more than Christmas. Uh, it, was, it was in the blood from the word go. Um, there was no nothing in my environment that should have made me love creepy stuff. But I did. My, I mean, Halloween, October was my month. Yeah. yeah. And I had free reign. Uh, luckily, uh, my parents loved Halloween, too. So they And the 70s was the best time, as Rob Zombie has repeatedly tried to capture on film. Uh, the <laughs> 70s really was the best time to be a preteen on Halloween. It was oh, just sure. amazing. Oh, yeah. It was before all the poison candy bullshit, uh, when everybody trick-or-treated uh, until 11 or 12, you know, after dark, as opposed to now when they start at five, and if the sun starts going down, you have to stop. Um, oh, so yeah, it's uh, so growing up that way. Um, I mean, I had a really, really healthy family life. Mm -hmm. uh, sure, my parents—they uh, both died before uh, I was my second year in college, which is unfortunate, but. Um, they were great role models, great examples of what you know how to be a person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love horror um, and I love scary things, but I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there are things that are appropriate for children and things that aren't, and it really comes down. There's there's no blanket decision you can make. It's a child by child basis, and you don't. Nobody knows your child better than you do. So, with regard to my kids, um, we've always been very clear on the delineation between fantasy and reality. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that nothing on TV is real, not even the news. <laughs> um, I should probably qualify that before uh, <laughs> I get in trouble. But, um, it's, uh, I mean, it is a fine line. Yeah. And... You just, you know, you just, you make the best decision you can make in the moment, uh, given the information that you have to work with. Knowing you're going to probably fuck it up. That's what yeah, I always felt. <laughs> I, always, I always felt like, look, I told my kids early on, I have no idea what I'm doing. 
So we're going to kind of learn how to do this together. Sure, sure. <laughs> right. I always looked at it as kind of um, arming your kids. Well, yeah, yeah. That was the other thing is, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut. Well, no, I was just going to say, you know, you give your kids the right tools, and you 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 give them uh, the right information, and as long as you're taking care of other aspects of their of their life, whether it be critical thinking or whether it be uh, making sure they know the difference between right and wrong and that kind of stuff, you 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 know you you arm them, you you give them the 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 weapons necessary to deal with the world, and in this case, we're talking about, you know, scary shit, mm-hmm. um, they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, you know, and and you're right, I'm glad you said that, Chad, uh, about kids, one kid, you know, you have one child who may be fine with all this stuff, right. and then you have another one, and it's up to you as a parent to know you're not going to dig this. Yeah, you know, yeah. And this is going to I know that they're going to drift away. Like, my daughter was born into it and sure. she sort of drifted away in her early teens and then has come back. Sure, sure. Well, you were going to say something, Chad. Go ahead, Chad. Oh, um, well, no, I was just going to uh, agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, the way I was raised was very sheltered. Mm. So when I got out in the world, uh, and I couldn't wait till I was in Little Rock, Arkansas, I could not wait to get out um, and went to Los Angeles uh, and well, I was culture shocked to say the least. I was not, I was not prepared at 17 for the real world, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It was extremely naive. So that's one thing I did not want for my own kids. I want them to understand the world that they are entering into. And part of that is understanding that the world will hurt you if you let it. Sure. So you can't just go blindly into it. You've got to know what you're dealing with. And you have to have, like you said, you have to have the tools. I think so much of it is, like, with my with my children coming up, we watched a lot of stuff that many people might have raised, cocked an eyebrow at. Right. But I think what's important is is that the parent is there to provide context for the young mind. Exactly. To say, exactly. Even if it's something like when Freddy Krueger is slashing someone up to go, like, man, that guy's a dick. Yeah. Kind of thing, <laughs> just so they go. Oh, I'm not supposed to. To um, he's a bad guy. I'm not. I'm not yeah. supposed to identify with that guy. Right. I'm supposed to. So I think that's a lot of times that doesn't happen because you know I think as people these a lot of times these days and I hate to sound like that but TV and media can be a babysitter you know and it keeps. Well, certain... that was that was one thing that my wife and I made sure we did not do. Um, let me rephrase that. We did do it because we're Americans, mm. but the babysitter part was the part that's supposed to be, uh, you know, Nickelodeon and uh, uh, I forget what the other kid channels were, but that was the only time she was ever left alone. Mm. And by alone, I mean, you know, she's in the living room, I'm in the kitchen doing dishes right. or out right. cooking or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But whenever it was anything uh, creepy, uh, or scary or whatever, uh, it's it's always with us. Agreed. Or was. I mean, she's 14 now. She might as well be 30. Uh, right. <laughs> when I say she, I'm talking about my younger daughter, uh, who is 14, going on. Uh, God, I don't even know. So very mature for her age. Yeah. Um, but I think and she's it's uh, a buddy of mine jokes about how she is already a connoisseur. And loves to listen to her talk about movies because 
she's educated about movies. You know, she knows the tropes, she knows the cliches, she knows the characters. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad, you admit... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, as does my older daughter, who is 24. Mm. Me feel old. (laughs) Oh, no, I've I've got a 30-year-old, buddy. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's All right, something. so you know my thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's. Oh, you're in for. You're. You're. You're in for it. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say. Uh, you. You had. You had said that whenever. When you. When you got out. When you got away from. Um, you know. Oh, the south. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You went to. You went to L.A. Did, was L.A. the choice because of movies, or was it just? Oh no no I um I. <laughs> I was, what have I been trying to say? Um, you remember how in high school, the daily angst of knowing that you had to apply to colleges and all of the hoops that you were going to have to jump through and the right. tests and the scores and the essays and all of that shit and worrying about, am I going to, you know, you, you applied to all the different schools and hoped that you'd get into just one and you had your target school and you say all of that shit. Right. I did my research. I applied to exactly one school, the Otis Art Institute of Parsons School of Design in Los Angeles. I went, I interviewed, I showed them my portfolio, and I got in. Sweet, nice. Well, in theory, uh, it didn't make me popular <laughs> with my friends. Well, yeah. Um, sure. But here's yeah. the thing. The, the Parsons in New York is the good school. The Otis Art Institute, and I found all this out later, the Otis Art Institute, as I understand it, in the mid-80s, was failing. So Parsons bought it and slapped oh, their name on it. Did you. not make it a good school. I made straight A's my first semester, and I didn't really learn anything, and I didn't really try very hard, and it didn't feel very challenging. Right. And even at 17, I knew something was wrong. Mm. I, I, It shouldn't be this easy for the amount of money we were paying for me to be there. Right. Plus, uh, I really didn't like a lot of uh, aspects of L.A. and where the, the school is across from uh, MacArthur Park. Uh, the day I left, there was a murder on the front steps of our dorm, wow, which wow. was a converted hotel. So, yeah, there was – I was basically – I was too young. Uh, L.A. is too vapid, mm-hmm. uh, or at least it was to me. Um so, yeah, it just wasn't a good fit. So I wound up uh, re-researching and came up with the... Here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the battle is on. I just got here. <laughs> we have three dogs. Yeah. Um, wound up going to the University of North Texas, which had, uh, for the region, the best uh, illustration graphic design department in the country. Uh, so that's where I wound up going and graduating. Good on. Arf, 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 arf. <laughs> well, they wanted to be on the podcast, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tell me about Zombie Army. Zombie Army Productions is a Chicago-based uh, collective of creative people who uh, build and stage Chicago, two of Chicago's biggest haunted houses, uh, Statesville Haunted Prison and Hell's Gate Haunted House. Hell's Gate's also one of the newest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the Zombie Army also makes movies, uh, such as The Mole Man of Belmont Avenue, which you can see right now on Netflix. 
Oh, right on. Uh, Wait, uh, yeah. say, say the title again. The Mole Man of Belmont Avenue. Oh, cool. Uh, Sinatra, it's it, it's a who's who of Chicago improv actors. Uh, Robert England has a great role in it, and uh, the premise is basically two uh, losers inherit their mother's brownstone uh, in uh, uptown Chicago, and uh, there is something coming up from the basement, uh, working its way, eating the pets in the building and working its way toward the tenants, and rather than deal with that, these guys just kind of slap band-aids on the symptoms and hilarity ensues. That sure. Sounds hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get involved with the zombie army? This is funny to me personally because I have my version of it. But if you ask John LaFlamboy, who uh, is uh, the head honcho for zombie army, his, his version of it is very different. Uh and his version's much more entertaining because John's a much more entertaining person in general. <laughs> but my version is um, this guy had contacted me about uh, doing some work for his haunted house a couple of times. Uh, he'd emailed me, but his timing was terrible. And uh, I politely declined uh, because at the time I just I didn't have time. And I had just, I don't know why I remember this so clearly, I had just driven my older daughter to the airport to fly back home to her mom, mm -hmm. and I was stuck in traffic, and uh, this same guy called me. So we chatted for a minute, and I, I was impressed that he was being so determined uh, to talk to me about this thing. I also had not realized previously that he was Chicago-based. So we decided uh, that we would meet, um, and I gave him the option of coffee shop or Delilah's Bar, which is a great old punk rock bar in Chicago. And that was a little bit of a test right there to see which way he'd jump, and he jumped Delilah's. Sweet. So immediate points. So that evening, we met up at Delilah's. It was the middle of the week, so it was a slow night. And uh, one of the bartenders was a friend of mine and knew I was there on business, so she made sure that our drinks uh, never really got empty and just made me look like a big shot. So nice. John and I, uh, it was for a haunted house called Dragon's Dome. That they were, uh, this was before it was Zombie Army. It was the Foundation Theater Group, um, and they needed... Uh, logo and artwork and website and whatnot. So we talked about that for about 45 minutes. And then we spent six hours becoming best friends. Uh, closed three bars. And uh, <laughs> the, the rest is history. I, we just we, we were just birds of a feather. Uh, got along famously. Um, and uh, haven't looked back. Uh, so I... The Zombie Army is... On the one hand, it's a production company, but it also is a confederation of uh, creative people with different skill sets, and I am basically the marketing arm mm. of the company. I do all the graphics, the websites, uh, anything visual, uh, social media, and so forth and so on. And you attend all the cons and stuff like Transworld? And yeah, all the, the big uh, haunt shows. Uh, we do the Transworld uh, uh, Halloween Attraction show in March in St. Louis. 
Midwest Hunters Convention in Columbus. Uh, used to do HauntCon uh, until they moved it so much earlier in the year. Yeah. Uh, been able to go the last couple of years. See, I love that idea about it's kind of it's very similar to Bleeding Air. The idea of you a confederate confederacy of people, all talented, all working in a general direction for yep. the betterment of everybody. Right. Yep. The Zombie, zombie army appears at Transworld, but by default, so does Chad Savage. Right. Yep. And and I love that idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was interesting too, trying to get because it's an it's a very inclusive model, and as with most industries, there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of subconscious it's just human nature you know subconsciously everybody wants to be the big shot in whatever the thing is mm -hmm. so uh things tend to become exclusive if you're not careful right. right so it was interesting when zombie army hit the scene and we hit the scene hard um it confused a lot of people and trying to explain i still remember trying to explain how it worked and what it was to some of the biggest names in the, like guys that own some of the most successful haunted houses in the country just could not at first wrap their heads around what we were doing and how it could possibly work. Right. Cause you're not, you, you don't, you don't go to, you guys don't go do these appearances as just, hi, we do these things. You guys go full bore costuming pre, pre presentation. It's all uh, very much like uh the, from seeing the pictures, I get a I get a road warrior kind of vibe, <laughs> which I love. Well, <laughs> when we do the trade shows, uh, if we're not, I'm always exhibiting at the shows that I go to. Um, I have a booth. Uh, Zombie Army uh, exhibits at the show in St. Louis, not at uh, Midwest Haunters, but at both shows they help stage events. And John will usually, if there's something to be hosted, uh, odds are John's going to be the one hosting it because we just have a really good relationship with Transworld. Um, but we have a bus, the Zombie Army bus, which is kind of hard to miss. It's Army green, rusty, and there's, uh, uh, I forget what you call that, latticework metal uh, whatever over the windows. It kind of reminds me it's, of the the uh, from what I've seen anyway the um, the buses in uh, Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Right, right, right. It's, <laughs> got, it's got stretched. It's got stretched yeah. steel. Yeah. Over the over the. It has a definite look. Yeah. yeah. And the word "zombie army" carved out of a giant metal <laughs> sheet and welded to the side. So. Yeah. Uh, the inside is painted blood red. There's a complete sound and light system. There's a solid metal bar in the back. Uh, the TV with video games. So really, when going to wait, and from tape shows, it's the only way to travel. Wait, and wait, at wait, wait, shows, wait. it like, is... It's like a party bus in Vegas. Oh, it is. No, 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 hold on. It's I, where, it is where the party is after hours. <laughs> I'm, after walking, I'm walking up on something. Solid metal... You have a stripper pole in the back of your bus? No. Bar as in place oh. serve alcohol. Because I was about to go on okay, my hands. Well, we, that okay, is awesome. Well, here... A suggestion, sir. Well, it's, it's constantly it's constantly <laughs> under discussion. Oh my god! You would not be the first ones to bring it up. No, I bet. And there have been imitators since that do, in fact, have, have stripper, uh, stripper poles. Yeah, you know, it kind of reminds me. Um, 
of the situation Guar had in North Carolina about a lot of people. They had all gone to college. They were all creative. And sure. they all started, um, Dave started with some help ushering people in one direction. Right, right, right. And, um, oh, fun fact, uh, John and Teresa. Uh, Teresa is uh, John's girlfriend or John is Teresa's boyfriend, depending on how you want to approach that. Uh, both dear friends of mine and uh, are both, as I understand it, good friends of Guark. Oh, wow. See? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All Common background. All interlinked. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You know... Uh, well, the other thing with the Zombie Army 2 is um, there was when... Try to put this in order. In the early 2000s, uh, there was a group from Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, Bad Boys Scenic Design, and it was like a fraternity. Um, it wasn't all men. It just the way they operated. It was it was had a very uh, controlled Animal House vibe, and they would roll into shows, and you could always tell if somebody was with Bad Boys. And we dug that, and we got to be friends with them real quick and are still friends with all of them, love them to death. Uh, so that kind of cued uh, a lot of why Zombie Army came to be, this idea of rolling into shows and having a presence. Mm -hmm. Sure. So because Zombie Army, we figured Army Jackets. Um, so all Zombie Army members at a show, uh, we wear colors. Have zombie army jackets. Uh, everybody gets a zombie army name. You have to earn the jacket first of all, uh, between a certain amount of time with the company and uh, basically doing your job well. Sure. Uh, it is a badge of honor to have the jacket. We have strict rules about wearing the jacket. If you're about to do something jackassy, uh, you take the jacket off or risk losing it. Because if you get arrested and you're wearing that jacket, you don't get to keep the jacket. Sure. Um, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, when you're at a show and 25 psychopaths come rolling into the party all sort of dressed alike, it, it does make an impression. Oh, sure. I can't imagine how it wouldn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, which I guess brings us to our topic of haunted attractions. Yeah. Um, I'm going to buzz through a little history here real quick. Uh, first recorded purpose-built haunted attraction was the Orton and Spooner Ghost House in 1915 in Lipcook, Eng England. Wow. 1802, Matt, we get Marie Tussaud and the... Sure, uh, sure. Uh, the Wax Museum. Wax Museum. 1897, Grand Guignol Theater. Um, a little before that is the Phantasmagoria shows in... Um, Paris in 1797. Right. So this has been around for a long time. Yeah. A big game change. Um, uh, there were some haunted things through the Depression. Big game changer happened in August 12, 1969, with the opening of Disney opening the Haunted Mansion. Sure. Yep. Um, at that point, it was not long after that that Knott's Berry Farm followed suit with Knott's Scary Farm. Right. And then you've got the introduction of the JCs local like Kiwanis Club right, right, right. that encourages members to construct haunted attractions in either old buildings or in well, fields for fundraising. Yeah. There you know as a as a kid, um, I remember we did uh, we, we we made our own haunted house one year. Sure. And uh, and it was, you know, living out in the middle of, you know, nowhere 
most of the people who came were your relatives. Right, you trying know, to be nice. Yeah. And you with your mom's Avon makeup on. Right, right, right. Scary. Usually the same <laughs> people you were having sex with is, is basically, you, you know, who came. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your relatives. I turned my room into a haunted house for uh, my sister's sleepover. I was probably <laughs> 10. Yeah. Oh, it, I and I went all out. I, I spent days... And I went out, I, I found black lights, I found a uh, um, local uh, makeup store, like, uh, like uh, costume and makeup store, and uh, this is back when they had, you remember Scar Stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scar Stuff was the best. It was like... Uh, so, yeah, I did the room all up, and she and I had the, I had my scary uh, Disney sound effects record, and... Sure. Madame that was That was the seed... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember doing it with um, chairs and sheets. Yeah, yep. like making little Lots sheets. There's, yeah. there's, there's a real, uh, and this is something that we come back to time and time again on the show. There's a real our gang. Hey, let's do a show. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, totally. Feeling about uh, uh, that type of a haunted house where you, well, any really any any haunted house. But at that time, you know, that's what you did. It's like you know, yeah, let's do a haunted house, and you you rig up things. And I remember it was a weird combination of, like, gross house stuff. Mm -hmm. So you had people put their, you know, hands in wearing a blind foot. Yeah. They're sticking their hands in the toilet. And this is the witch's uh, hair. <laughs> Peeled grapes for eyeballs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah all that stuff. Uh, real quickly. We're pushing all of my nostalgia buttons. Yeah. Right <laughs> real quickly, March of Dimes got involved um, with their mini haunted houses for March of Dimes. Um, and then they sort of went, they realized, ooh, <laughs> this really doesn't fit our image, so they kind of backed off on that. <laughs> um, and then towards, say, the 80s, the big boys got involved. Haunted Castle at Six Flags, Great America, right. or Great Adventure, um, bigger companies get involved. Currently in the United States alone, there are 1,200 professional haunted houses, 300 theme parks that operate horror-themed events, and over 3,000 charity-run haunted houses. Yeah. And I love every fucking one of them. Yeah. And that's not to mention the uh, amateur and home haunters. Right. Yeah. Right. We're going to get... I have a whole there's list There's a of, lot of them. I have a whole I, list of... Oftentimes, the term amateur uh, applies only because they're, they're not making... They're not charging for it. Right. It's like right. everything about it is pro quality. It's just they're not... Oh, these guys go crazy. Uh, oh, yeah. I've, there's a Facebook group on home haunts, and it's amazing. Oh, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. What was the what was the documentary that came out a few years ago? Was it uh, American Scary? Is that? Yeah, that's one there's of them. A, there's a few of them out there. Yeah. 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 And, wow. And uh, and it, it kind of chronicles you know a few people that are trying to do this. Yeah, I'm reminded of um, uh, anytime this subject comes up, I'm always reminded of Bob Burns. Sure. Bob Burns is. Uh, Kind of legendary, legendary uh, monkey suit man, memorabilia collector. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's on the par with like Forey Ackerman, Forey, and, Forey J Ackerman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, but he used to do these Halloween. Uh, it wasn't a haunted house. It was a show. It was like a a, a, a spook show at the house. Mm -hmm. And every year it got more elaborate and more elaborate. And guys like Rick Baker and people like Go that through, would yeah. work on it. Yeah, you know, yeah, would work yeah, on yeah. the show at Bob's um, house. Oh yeah. I, the uh, Dana Gould, uh, the writer comedian, sure, yeah, uh, yeah, huge fan. Me too. Uh, and, he, and his new podcast is about horror, and it's great. 
the, brand, yeah, the brand new one. Every year he does. Uh, he's a big Halloween fan. He loves haunted houses. Uh, he has a. If you don't already know, he has a great role in uh, the movie Tales of Halloween, mm-hmm. where he effectively plays himself. Yeah. Um, and he does. Uh, he always does a special Halloween podcast, and I I feel like they talked about uh, last year, year before, exactly what you're talking about the uh, the the Bob Burns. Well, you haunt. know, um, on a recent episode of Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, Bob Burns was a guest. Oh, oh wow! Really? And he talked at length about you know Rick Baker coming over and and you know knowing Winston and. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that other stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's cool because Bob, because of his, I don't know, unique position, you know, uh, was able to get these Hollywood guys to mm-hmm. come and, and work on his. You well, know, you, you're giving somebody the opportunity to do something that they love to do and giving them free reign to do, to, you know, use their own ideas. And I totally get that. It's why I do. Um, a lot of stuff I do... What am I trying to say? Uh, I sponsor a number of events and charities and whatnot. And part of the reason I do that is when they need something done, um, because they're not paying me, they give me more leeway than mm-hmm. I might get otherwise. Sure. So when you spend your day creating stuff to fit somebody else's vision, it's still great to be able to come back and do something that's pure you. Right. But that's still going to get you, you know, that's still going to help somebody. Mm -hmm. It's still going to get seen and, and, you know, put to use. So that is a really cool thing. I totally get why those guys do that. Sure. I mean, like... They devote, like, crazy hours to it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, you don't... It's got to be refreshing, right? To Mm -hmm. to kind of go back... To go back to when uh, when you were a kid and you you just wanted to do cool shit, right? And now yeah. you don't have a studio breathing down your neck. You just you know let's do this. You yeah, know, yeah let's absolutely. Just do it. Yeah. You um, not have fifteen suits telling you, well, the demographics don't blip blip blip. Right. Blah, blah. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, it. You. I agree. It's got to be great. And the nice thing is, is that. Um, it goes back. It goes back to that immediate response, right? You work in film, you hear about what people thought of your shit right. months down the line. Here, you get that immediate response. Yeah. Number one. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Baker actually was a guest on the uh, the, the the Halloween Dinner Gold podcast just this last October and sp- specifically addressed that point. Yeah, Getting yeah. that reaction and and how much fun it is. I I will say, having worked a few of these. It's tough work, man, because you're out, I mean, I, I work, oh, yeah. you're out there grinding every night for at least a month. Right. Um, giving it your Literally all. doing the same thing over and over Over and again. over and over again. Yeah. Um, I remember working at we uh, San Francisco area, there was a gyro, mm-hmm. uh, Global Youth Resources Outreach had a haunted house that took over an entire old mall. That had a restaurant at one end and a theater at the other, and How the rest cool of it was that? empty. It was amazing. It took you like forty-five minutes to get through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I was awesome. working the line for that, and that was every night walking up and down the line as a zombie, like interacting with people right. and all this stuff. And, and that's amazing. considered the show. If you're Q Line Entertainment, you are hot shit in the industry. It was great because. Really? 
Oh, yeah, because you're front of house. You're representing the attraction. Right. You're keeping people entertained based on the strength of your performance. Absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's one thing to be in a darkened room with props, lighting, and sound effects. You know, a, a cat walking across the room is going to scare somebody. Right. But out in the lights, you know, in a crowd of, uh, you know, 100 to 1,000 people, and it's just you and a few other people in costume, you got to have balls of steel. Yeah. Yeah, because there's and, always that get risk of getting punched or, or oh yeah. else. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you have to be, uh, among other things, an amazing improv actor. Right. So, yeah, right. Front, of, front of house is, is a big deal. Um, I'm going to really quickly go through. There was a happening that happened when I was doing that show where there was a boy in a wheelchair mm-hmm. who was sort of on the, my periphery for about an hour. Right. Um, finally, I made eye contact with him, and he wouldn't come near me because he was afraid. So I sure. dropped to my knees and put my hand out, and he drove, He rode up, and we shook hands. Not the story. That's awful. Later, I'm in line. A couple of jocks and their girlfriends. Jocks are absolutely terrified of me. And at one point, as I'm standing there glaring at them, I hear the wheelchair come up behind me. And the little boy in the wheelchair took my hand, looked at the two jocks, and he's all, It's okay. He won't hurt you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. I'm, like, looking away, like, thumbs in my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. It's look, so great. Let me ask both of, both of you, then. Um, are you fans of Haunted Houses as a customer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, part of the reason uh, that I go to... Like, the shows I go to, like I said, uh, I mean, it's the industry I work in. I, I have to be there, show face, shake hands, you know, exhibit whatnot. Right. But the, the cool part is uh, nine times out of ten, there are haunt tours where you get to go see uh, off-season. You get to go see haunted houses all over the country. Right, right, right. Um, so in a given year, I probably get to see five or six haunts all over the place. Nice. Um, cool. So, yeah, any opportunity. I and In October, uh, every year, I make a point to go in uh, and guest act at Statesville and now Hell's Gate just to keep... I only do it one night or, or uh, one night each because that's all I'm up for because I'm turning 49. And, <laughs> uh, I but I still... I, I have so much fun. Yeah, I... I've never been that guy. Like, like when it comes to to being a customer, going through a haunted house, yeah. I really want to beat the shit out of everybody, and I can't, <laughs> I can't help it. And I, and I'm like, this is not. I, I know it's not the right response. Sure. So I'm just like, no, I'm not gonna, well, it, I'm not gonna do that. When you said I, that, I, I real, I, I suddenly in my imagination put, <laughs> put you in a haunted house. And I'm thinking, there's no way people don't get, somebody doesn't get punched. <laughs> Not because you're a violent guy, but because Langley and I train martial arts together. So it's like one of those things where well, it's, it's like. Uh, exactly. Like you're walking along and somebody's like, blah. blah like, like my blah. first response yeah. is like, I'm poking yeah, you hard. in the eye. Do you know what some of the <laughs> legalities are about. About that kind of stuff? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Performer, it's my understanding that performers are not, performers are not allowed to touch. Well, that's a that's. Uh, I was gonna say uh, uh, before I forget. Um, when I go to haunts, I I don't get scared. Mm. I'm not expecting them to scare me because sure. I'm, I'm behind the curtain. Right. All I want to be is entertained. The worst atrocity 
a haunt can atrocity might be a strong word. The worst <laughs> thing a, a, a haunt can do is be boring. Agreed. Right, right, right. There's no excuse. I don't care how much money you do or do not have. Uh, money does not limit creativity. That's why That's I why don't like so, the haunted house at Universal Studios. Mm. It was boring. Uh, is it really? Yeah, it was. Um, I have heard of haunts though that they will seed the crowds with actors and oh, sure. break that fourth wall. Right, right, right. That oh, yeah. touchability thing, and I oh, love yeah. that idea. Yeah. Oh, you had mentioned you had uh, asked about touching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a big. Uh, that can be a big bone of contention in the industry. Um, the 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 party line for lack of a better way to put it, is no, you don't touch for all of the incredibly obvious liability reasons. Right. right. If you touch a patron, you're giving the patron license to touch you back. Yeah. Right. That's not a good thing. Right. It's just not a good idea. That said, there are attractions now the whole where the whole thing is they do nothing but touch you mm-hmm. and manhandle you and throw you around and whatnot. And, and what... It's a difficult thing because they're all lumped together under the term haunted attraction. Yeah. But some of these things are just straight up kidnapping and rape simulations. Uh, That's not sure. a haunted house. I don't I, I I have friends that have done them and I have yet to have one tell me that they had a good time. And right. they, uh, personally I think they need to come up with a different name mm-hmm. because you know you tell somebody you're a haunted house and then all you do is slap them around, put a bag over their head, and force them to watch horrible things. That's that's no, that's not a haunted house. You should you should say you should say what it is. And, yeah, and it's a, a that's a. Call it a I mean, call it a horror house. Yeah, call yeah, it yeah. Anything call it, else. Yeah. Just not not. It's not a haunted attraction. It's nothing it, supernatural about it. Call it rape house. You know? <laughs> there you go. Who is going to line up for that? Ah, uh, you'd be surprised. No, I would. This actually, this goes back to the discussion we were having before about raising the kids and whatever else. Um, I'm real clear on, as a horror fan and somebody that likes creepy things, there's got to be an element of fantasy to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's got to be some aspect to it that cannot happen in the real world. Right. If it's uh, a movie where, you know, uh, it's a home invasion and a family is brutally murdered by people wearing masks, yeah, that can be done well, but it's not my favorite thing, because it, it basically, if it's something that could actually happen that I might see on the news, it starts to feel really weird and, um, what's the word I want? Uh, uh, voyeuristic? Yeah. Right. Like voyeuristic. You're basically watching murder for entertainment, and I'm not down with that. Right, right, right. right. Where's the subtlety? You know, where's the deftness of, of handling the tone? Well, and tone? I don't want to overstate that because I have seen movies where horror movies, like Don't Breathe, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little, it's a little fantastic, but it's still really, or it, it was really well done, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so it can be done, mm-hmm. but it, again, it's that fine line, and I think this is. The horror house versus the haunted house thing. I think it goes back to the same thing. You right. know, it's it's. I like the haunted attraction industry or the the type of haunts I like. It's because they're entertaining, they're fun, they're creative. Um, you know, just showing the 
drag, taking thirty dollars from somebody to show them the worst behavior humanity has to offer, and that's, that's what, it. That's what the internet's for, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for well, free. Right. It, yeah, it brings up. That's the why idea. we have somethingawful.com. Yeah, right. It, it brings up the idea of hell houses. The the uh, quote unquote <laughs> religious. Face yeah, 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 yeah. Those yeah, chuckleheads. Yeah. Yeah. Talk I about think, an element of fantasy. Yeah. I think King of the Hill said everything that needed to be said about that. When I was uh, when I was seven, we lived in Phoenix, uh, Arizona, and uh, we went to a wax museum. Mm. And there was this uh, chamber of horrors that you could go through, right? And it gave you an out. Right, if you had little kids, you could always get out. Of could, yeah, they have those. They're like yeah, eject, yeah, yeah. ejector. Yeah, you can kind of you, you can skip this part. Of course, I was like, "This is this is why I came." Yeah. Like, 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 take me through there, and it was just you know scene after scene of torture, basically. Well, um, it's an easy people with they're getting their tongues cut out. Well, let's be honest though. I mean, in most of these attraction tableaus, you've got twenty seconds. Right. To, to make your point. To make an image. Bam. Yeah. This is what we're doing. So I, I get all that. I, yeah. I, I get why a lot of that. However, and I think it happens a lot with these um, these hell houses is there's an edge to it. There's a point to it. There's an agenda as there's opposed an, to let's just have fun. Right, right, right. I'm going to make you feel shitty about, you know, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, and, and I'm, I'm kind of with Chad in that um, when it comes to... I, I okay. I understand the importance of things like Friday the Thirteenth. I get sure. it. I get it. However, mm. if 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 uh, if I'm if I get my druthers, I'd rather watch a, a monster movie, right? You know, rather than somebody just killing people um, over and over. I'm curious. Maybe you can answer, speak to this. How does that? How do how do haunts get affected by licensing? Like, if I do a Chucky room, do I not owe? The studio. If you wear a ski mask, do you not? Are you not Jason? Well, no. There are some things. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the last time I checked, Jason didn't wear ski masks, so no. Ski mask. <laughs> <laughs> that was mask. such an asshole thing to say. I'm sorry. Uh, that's <laughs> no, it's okay. No, that's okay. He deserved that. I, I get, totally oh, deserve um, it. Yeah. It is a thing where it's like it's. In conversations before, I've likened it to fan art. Mm, mm. Um, you can do, you can do it, uh, and as long as you're small enough, nobody's going to notice, and you're not going to get a cease and desist. However, once you achieve a certain size, somebody is going to notice, right. and those characters are licensed. And uh, yeah, so it's. Basically, if you at your haunt, if you're doing a greatest hits of uh, horror movie characters, um, you're doing it at your own peril. Yeah, and the worst that's going to happen is, I mean, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say stop. You get a letter saying cut it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember like T-shirt manufacturers for a while they would put put out stuff until they got the cease and desist. Right, and then they'd stop. I have a list here of different kinds of these haunted attractions, and I thought we might go through them and sort of talk about them individually. Sure. Number one, they list the Haunted House Mansion Castle. First thing that comes to mind is, like, Castle Blood. 
in. Um, I just got to go to Castle Blood. Um, they've been doing this a long few months time. ago, and it was amazing. Really? Yeah, yeah, they. It's such work. a good time. Oh, Ricky Dick and company—they're the best. And it's uh, it's not it's what a, it's a narrative thing. You are guided through, and there are uh, hosts and characters that tell the story as you go through, and you have to do things and solve little mini puzzles. And it's not quite an escape room. It's like you collect yeah, totems it, along it, the way. Yeah, it's it's. It's performance theater, and that's why I loved it, is I've not really been to anything quite like it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, they're good people. I remember meeting them back in, like, the mid-90s and just loving. I have a video around here of, mm-hmm. the, of an entire walkthrough at some point. Sure, um, cool. But it's great stuff. They also list things like um, uh, Noble's Amusement Resort in Ellsburg, Pennsylvania, um, Miracle Strip, amusement park in Panama City, the Territorium in Oxford, Alabama, and then um, there was a there was one something called Scooby Doo's Haunted Mansion that was replaced by Blue Blasters on Boo Hill. Blue Bastard. I know. <laughs> I say that sometimes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly you become Bing Crosby. <laughs> Actually. One of my favorite things about uh, Hell's Gate in Chicago, the one Zombie Army just opened last year, is they literally, from the ground up, built uh, an, a mansion, a haunted mansion, with complete with... Uh, um, oh, that's so uh, what smart. What do you call it? The, um, the big part that sticks up, and I know the name of it, and I can't think of it. I was going to say turret, but that ain't it. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, from the outside, it looks like a classic haunted house. And uh, inside, it's it, it's all of the haunted mansion stuff that you love, but then taken to an aggressive level. Uh-huh. Um, it's, I, it's, I, I can't say enough. I, I, the first time I got to actually go and walk through it, I was just blown away. It's a, that's such a wild idea, the idea that from jump, you're building in the space you need. To right. create the the effect you want to so make, that you, right. yeah, exactly. So the room can be built around what you need to have. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of whereas, like, like I know Castle Blood has been in established buildings for for years, sure, and they've sure. been ha- they but they adapt to to what. Yeah, they just apparently they've uh, only been in the one they're in now not that long, and it was a funeral home. Oh wow! Uh, see, there's yeah. the kind of mood that you love. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> And then there was also something they called the haunted experience. Things like nyctophobia on Long Island. Um, uh, ticket buyers were given a location that was not a physical haunted house, but a pickup spot where they got into a van blindfolded and were driven toward the real location. Um, which sounds a little... Sketchy? <laughs> yeah. Sketchy? Um, I feel weird getting into an Uber. <laughs> I can't imagine this. Um, well, that seems to be uh, how a lot of the, or just the, the, the horror experiences, uh, that that seems to be what you're talking about. Right. Where you are, from the word go, you're simulating uh, an experience that you would never want to happen to you in real life. Right, right, right. right. Feels very the game. Well, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing is, I mean, I can, I get that that sort of thing could be, 
I guess, cathartic. I do believe in catharsis. I do believe that watching and ex- watching scary things and expressing scary things gets it out of your head and is a way to process it. But if you ex- have a cathartic experience in a situation where you're being pretend kidnapped and beaten, uh, what kind of life are you living? <laughs> well, I, you know... Why, why, why do you need the... You know, I, I, I don't want to overstate it. I just, I, I don't get it. I understand maybe I'm just not wired to, or I've lived a very different life than somebody that does. I just, mm-hmm. it's, I, I think I there's, know. I think there's something else going on there. Yeah. <laughs> As I've gotten older, I've tried to be far less judgmental because I really generally feel like I can see different sides of things, but that one. Uh, I, I just have to agree to disagree, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Haunted Trail Forest Hayride. They're, Love those. Yeah, those are fun. Kiss. Those are fun. My first real kiss wow. on a ah. hayride. Wow. Very cool. Her name was April, and she was blonde. There we go. <laughs> and that's what those are for, right? You're out there with your date. You're in a hay totally. wagon. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Some, some grinding action. Man, there's, That's a night there's nothing more Ray Bradbury, Stephen King. Yes! Exactly. Than, than exactly. Haunt, uh, a haunted hay ride. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing worse than a haunted house than a teenage boy showing off for his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm not scared. <laughs> That's why it's so awesome when... You know, something jumps out and it makes him piss his pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my no, that's, my, my there's favorite footage of guys shooting their mouths off and then landing on their asses two seconds later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the high-pitched squeal out yeah. of the big guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and those are just good time fun, man. Usually the rides take 10 to 45 minutes. It's this laconic pace. Yeah. Um, yep. Which is sort of similar. You see a lot of the same happenings as, like, dark... Um, Dark mazes and chain mazes and cornfield mazes yep. and that sure. kind of stuff. Part of the appeal to those two, I think, that uh, doesn't get said out loud. I I think you're right. The uh, the the Bradbury factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you're out doing something spooky in October. You're experiencing yeah. like October is part of the experience. The 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 chill in the air, the smell of burning leaves, the sure. the the colors of the trees, all of that stuff. Um, Absolutely. That, that incredibly is... nostalgic, and, yeah, it's it makes it really special. Well, that's the thing, too, is, you know, I, I, like I said, I do these haunt tours and whatnot all year. Some of the most memorable ones have been where it's, uh, you go out, uh, the thing is mostly outdoors at dusk, and for whatever reason, that night it's unseasonably cool. Right. Mm-hmm. So it feels like autumn. Yeah. Makes it so much better. Yeah, yeah. And usually these kind of things are okay for the kids. Oh, totally. Which yeah. is a lot of, they get, that's a fine line there. It's like making an attraction that is scary, but not so scary that you have parents that are bringing kids in there. Because, right. You know, but these things um, are usually a little more pedestrian. Yeah. It's, There's you know, one, a stone's throw from uh, where I live, uh, Niles Stream Park in Niles, Michigan, that's been there for like, I, I want to say 25 years. Mm-hmm. That is just a fantastic 
throwback. They have multiple attractions. They also have a great, just cheesy old hayride that I adore. Midway, the whole nine yards. Uh, it's actually one of uh, my younger daughter Ripley um, does not like loud, sudden things. So haunted houses are kind of just right out. She's just not going to put up with it. Sure. But she loves the hayride. She loves that. She loves. She loves going. And the last, it was cute. The last time she went, it was with a bunch of zombie army people when she was a little bit younger, and they all understood that she was a little bit uh, sketchy about it. You know, wasn't sure she wanted to go. So they made it so much fun for her. Mm. Cool. It was a really great time. I love that place. That's yeah, it goes cool. back to um, what you were saying about different kids and different approaches. Right. I have a son and a daughter. My daughter loves thrill rides my son hates them my right. son loves haunted attraction my daughter hates them right, right right so you have to sort of know that we're going into the lestat house at universal studios right connor's going to chill outside what are we going to do <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you mentioned the scream park haunted theme parks typified usually by like not scary farm who go yep. if you haven't been to not scary farm you should i got to go in uh when i was in la mm-hmm. at school uh i went with a bunch of art students uh, to uh, Disneyland, which I highly recommend. Uh, oh, excuse me. It was a bunch of art students on mushrooms. There we uh-huh. go. Uh, that is the best way to go to Disneyland. I wasn't <laughs> on it because I was still a 17-year-old kid who didn't do drugs, but uh, going on Space Mountain with them five times in a row and each time getting everybody in the entire train to recite the preamble to Star Trek right before the big drop. <laughs> That was pretty epic. <laughs> but yeah. I went with a few of them. Uh, we made the trek up from L.A. to Not Scary Farms, and it was an epic night. I was like, I, I found my people. Yeah, they pull out all the stops. Yeah. yeah, I got to see Elvira perform live. Yeah, uh, that's it, cool. I, and this was, God, 30 years ago. I still remember yeah. it. By, by the it. way, I, I, uh, talking about um, theme parks and Disney and Universal and all that, um, Chad, have you been to the Harry Potter thing? Yes. Dude, was I that not so. the best ride of that type? That you Do you want to hear a great story? Yes. A great zombie army story? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me set the stage. Uh, Trans World did a co-located show with Spooky World uh, called Halloween. Uh, oh, I'll get this right. Halloween Extreme. Uh, this was two, three years ago. So, um, because we do, the uh, Zombie Army does the Chicago Zombie Prom, uh, they asked us to do a Zombie Prom at Halloween Extreme. So, a uh, select elite team of us went down. I was going anyway for my company, but they were coming too, so that's great. We all were together. Um, we go, we do the show, we do the prom, it's great great time uh and because we're in florida uh we decide the last day that we're there we're gonna hit universal studios all day sure so we did it was great so john uh has several brothers and it they are uh i don't even know how to describe the flamboy clan who to people who haven't met them every one of them is a big personality i love them all um but they are troublemakers. It's just in the DNA. <laughs> so 
we do a particular roller coaster, a smaller scale roller coaster, and we have to break into two groups. So I'm in the first group that gets out, and somehow we come up with a prank uh, to play on John and everybody in the second group. So there's a, a merch cart. It's right by the, the Harry Potter area. Uh, in the, the, the um, What do they call it? The uh, Diagon Alley? The, the, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that area Diagon of the Alley, park where yeah. it's like you're in the, the, the movie. Yeah. Right. So it's right next to that. So there's a merch cart. So John and uh, Teresa, a bunch of other uh, Zombie folks come. Or no, Teresa wasn't there. I'm sorry. I'm putting her in there with my brain. Anyway, they come walking down, and they see... Uh, John's brother Bobby sitting on the curb with his hands behind his back staring at his feet and a uh, security guard standing over him uh, talking to John's other brother Kyle animatedly and I go running up to John's like we got a situation you can come talk to this guy so the setup is that Bobby's screwing around and has pretended to shoplift something off the cart but he got caught by a security guard <laughs> who's in on this joke. Oh, and now we're all going to be ejected from the park. And as this is explained to John, it actually felt really bad because just the life just drained out of his face. Wow. Uh, the look he gave Bobby, the, the, and so John, being John, starts trying to talk us out of it. Mm-hmm. And we let it go as long as we could stand, because at this point, we have clearly ruined his day, and now we all just feel really bad. <laughs> And suddenly, Bobby just jumps up and starts running. (laughs) And John, just this look of panic on his face, like, no, no, dude. That's it. That was it. We all just died laughing. Wow. So, okay, it's a joke. After, you know, the relief sets in, we all have a good laugh. The security guy was just the best, uh, you know, so we chat, chit chat for a minute. Everybody's, you know, congratulating themselves on a prank well played. And the security guy says, "So, what were you guys going to do next?" He's like, "Well, we were thinking about we we started the day on the Harry Potter ride, and uh, we we want to hit it at least one more time. So we figured we better go get in line." I was like, "No, I got you." The dude walked us nice. through to the front of the ride. Dude, nice. that's like walking past like two blocks. Oh, oh yeah, people hate you. I, I have rarely felt like I've rarely felt so hated by so many people. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, felt like such a rock star. That's just, right. It was it was amazing. It was you suddenly just, adopt a limp or something. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny because that is the kind. That is one story of many. That's just the kind of. Sure. Shenanigans that when you're running around with zombie army guys, that's just kind of the hijinks you get into. Um, I won't go into this in detail. I think I might have on the show before. I'm going to just obliquely say that someone I know and may be married to got into a fist fight at, in the middle of um, Toontown. And we were all... With a we were it's a long story. My son I was so hoping you'd say with like goofy or with right? goofy. No, no, no. My my son had been pulled out of the crowd to save Toontown from a dip bomb, and he saves Toontown. Everything's great. I have a little uh, Filipino mother-in-law, and this woman shoved her from behind. I guess she wasn't walking fast enough. Right. I heard the sound like wet packing sounds, yeah. and when I turned around, cat hat 
not cat, this woman had this woman with her left hand. Her left hand was behind, on her neck, behind her head. And she, with her right hand, and she's rabbit punching her repeatedly in the face. Jesus. And I'm like, honey! And so, needless to say, the security system at Disneyland is crazy. Suddenly, oh, yeah. there were 15 guards around. Right, And right. they were talking oh, yeah. about getting throwing us out. And I got involved and sort of talked our way out of it. But, sure. holy mackerel. So I hear you. This wasn't a prank. Oh, and a footnote to that story. Uh, on our way out, we made a point to go to the management office ah, and tell uh, management how great this guard was. I mean, yeah. we didn't go into great detail because we didn't want to get him in trouble. But how well he had treated us, what uh, a great guy he was, and how they were lucky to have him. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. On the flip, I told my wife, I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have the weirdest boner. <laughs> so, uh, next up, we've got Dark Rides, which I think is... Um, uh, Haunted Mansion. Yeah, Haunted Mansion is yeah. one. It's a small world is one. It's not haunted. Or is it? Um, but it's also, I think it... <laughs> I got stuck. We got stuck. I definitely, I definitely don't like It's a Small World. We got stuck in there with when it was me cat and my son we got stuck in there for like two hours dude oh that's and i literally told i'm all i'm getting out and walking yeah, you yeah, know yeah. but um it was horrible because that song doesn't play in its entirety it plays in snippets sure, that overlap sure. so all we heard was you know like this 10 second clip again and again don't act like you don't remember exactly what the words were yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah, don't yeah. <laughs> No, no, all of a sudden, no. all of a sudden, Tom is like in falling down, where he's just like <laughs> getting up out of the thing and shooting people, leaving my briefcase. <laughs> it's funny, but I think it also includes the 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 things that we we think of when we think of at least I do initial haunted attractions. It's they the call them uh, ghost rides, ghost uh, rides, the, little yeah. carnivals and things that you'd go on that had like the the most horrific yet badly painted. Tableaus of horror yeah. at the front. I fucking love those things. Yeah, they're great. I am waiting for the day. I wish I'd thought of it years and years and years ago when I could have done something about it. I want a book that chronicles that artwork. Yeah. Because that was hugely influential on me. Sure, right. Sure, sure. As a young artist that loved horror stuff. Oh, my God. Some of the most horrific things I ever saw conceptually, if not, uh, you know, how well they were done, right. was on the sides of these trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being a kid in southern Illinois and uh, going to, uh, oh, a carnival. Mm-hmm. And there, even at that time, there was, you know, the, the, the sideshow. Sure. And you'd have these big stretched canvases uh, uh, uh. and these horrific paintings. Uh, uh, yeah. well, that, I actually do have a book of those. Yeah, you yeah. can get books of those banner, the Sideshow Freak banners. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Have you, there used to be a reality show about a, a haunt on, in Venice Beach. I want to say, I forget what it was called. Oh, no, the, the freak show. The freak show thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Uh, it was just a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the name, but, yeah. These things were also akin to things like Tunnel of Loves and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sure. It was a great yeah. opportunity to make out, maybe grab, get to first base. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, uh, still 
you know, it was kind of like an abbreviated version of the drive, uh, the drive-in. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear about the that they there was a old timey seaside one of these things uh-huh. that they found literally found a dead body in that they that someone had. I don't. I don't one doubt it. I do. I. I. I had not heard that, but I do remember. That's been a plot device, and at least I know. I know. I was going to say. I was going to say. Bones. Go ahead. Bones. I was just going to say the best. The reason I remember it though is the sign. It was called either something of a thousand corpses or house of a thousand somethings. But the sign. <laughs> I freaked out because it used one of my fonts. Whoa! Oh, cool! Which is something we haven't actually talked about. By the about. way, I mean, yeah, fonts. I wanted to I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, it, yeah. The way well, that... table that for now and finish this conversation. But yeah, All that, right, but yeah, the the body in the the actual body in the haunted house thing that is yeah. a. I, I'm curious if that's ever really happened. That feels I, like an urban legend to me. I'm not does. saying I don't believe you. I'm saying. I'd like more specific. No, I could very well be making this shit up. <laughs> I very well could be. I just it just seems in my head like I remember reading a, an article on it and it's and entirely possible. It could also be the Columbo episode. I saw. Right? <laughs> I think one of the best cinematic representations of that kind of ride is uh, Toby Hooper's Funhouse. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah I watch yeah. that movie every Halloween. Yeah, it's yeah. great. One. Um, also, the the but you way know who else was a huge fan of dark rides and ghost rides to the extent that he made his own in his backyard was Giger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. You know, as if I didn't love him enough when yeah. I found that, you I was know, like, oh, and, fuck and that's funny that's because a good pull. <laughs> I don't think of I don't think of um, uh, you know like Giger like riding around on like haunted hay rides, right? <laughs> <laughs> It does start to paint really interesting this is so, images. This is so scary. Please, Arnold. It's like a dinosaur. It could use water vaginas. But, you know, they kind of nailed it, the old, the old school one. Uh, Rob nailed it with the the Captain Spaulding ride. Sure. You know. Oh, totally, yeah. There's, there's this place, right? There's this place where all this stuff comes together. Old carnivals, um... Haunted houses, haunted attractions. It's a, it's a very Americana yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's why it's extremely. It's uh, yeah. It's like blues. It's uh, uniquely American. Agreed. That's, that's one. Well, like you said, Rob Zombie goes back to that well again and again, Agre- which yeah. I have no problem with that. A lot of his, his <laughs> overall aesthetic is that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I when I when we start talking about this kind of stuff, I immediately flash to Bradbury. Yeah, like oh, Bradbury, yeah. like mainline this stuff. And, yeah, and I, and he I, is he is like the the guardian of that. I don't even know how to express it. Well, He's abs- like well, the the archangel of it. The mm-hmm. the October country. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I to the extent that I actually, when I got married, I read a passage from Something Wicked This Way Comes, where the father talks about what is a wife. Nice, nice, and it just was perfect. So yeah, very cool. Yeah. I uh, uh, I think about um, you know I well I, when you talk about Bradbury, you know you think about when he was a little kid and in real life, you know had this interaction with this uh, uh, you know the the you know I can't remember now, but the you know. 
uh, Abdullah the Magnificent, you know, this just head in a thing that tells you, you know, what your future is going to be. Oh, like a Zoltar. Yeah, exactly, of. exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it told him that he was going to live forever. And God damn it. Yeah, it was right. <laughs> Absolutely, it was right. Best. Uh, I don't think I heard that story. That's great. That's Kat, a great story. Kat, my wife met him. Uh, she won a writing thing and met him. And sure. uh, the t- her takeaway was something he said about if you're a writer, you should do at least a thousand words a day. They may not be words you keep, but you need to do at least a thousand right. words a day. And, and yeah, you got to flex that muscle. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, we already talked about home haunts and yard haunt and yard displays, which right. I really love. That's oh yeah, that's fandom and a love of a genre at its right. most base. Uh, there's something that, that they mentioned called a ghost run. It's a haunted event that takes place in a person's car. Um, they're given clues uh, as to where different haunted attractions are. It's a haunted scavenger hunt that usually involves local attractions and other free items. At the end, the winner with the best mileage locating all of the haunts wins a prize. Okay. I've never heard of this. I've never heard of that either. They're lying. They did. I want to say they did one of those in, was it Chicago? Okay. I've only heard of it once, but it seemed like a really fun idea. Yeah, it sounds scavenger funds are already always yeah. inherently. Fun. I don't yeah. know. I don't know why, but Chicago is ripe for all of this stuff. I am loving it. It's, a, it's, it's that's awesome. When I lived in Illinois, I'd go to Chicago, and that was the the most scared I've ever been in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, where in Chicago? Well, I'd go to the Cicero. <laughs> okay, well, okay. So every time I ever went to Chicago, it was with a definite. Plan right. You go to Chicago. You know exactly where you're going, yeah. and you know how to get. It's the fuck military out. and it's precision. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, I mean, it's like any other giant city. You know, there's parts that are fine, and then there's parts that if you don't know the lay of the land, you probably shouldn't be there. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I remember one. <laughs> I went to I went to a seminar at Fred Degerberg School. Yeah. And we wound up in the alleys in the back. <laughs> And it was, if holy gonna, shit. If you're going to end up someplace, those are the guys you want to yeah, end yeah, up Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. like, we all have sticks and shit, but it's like, god damn it, I don't want to be here. Right I don't want to be here yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, this is kind of um, obliquely attached. Uh, through the 30s and the 60s, they used to do midnight spook ghost shows, typified in my head by the works of people like William Castle. Those, okay. Those yeah, programs sure. that you would go to, there would be a... A host. I'd love to get one of those going in this town. Um, a yeah. host. Here's some cartoons. Here's a little of this. Here's a movie. We're going to talk. We're going to share. There's going right. to be entertainment while they change the Somebody's going to run down through the audience at some point wearing a werewolf outfit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the best thing for those is that there are surviving uh, trailers that ran on local radio stations and whatnot yeah, that yeah, you can yeah. find. And they're just, the things that they promise are insane. <laughs> but they're so great. I love the the poster art for them too. I actually got to do um, just a few months ago a T-shirt for an anti-bullying campaign called "Don't Be a Monster" oh, nice. uh, that I've sponsored from the, since it was a thing. Just because I love the the, the conceit is uh, monsters belong in haunted houses, not in schools. Nice. So they do. Uh, it's a it's a whole thing. But they wanted a shirt for the St. Louis uh, Transworld show, and they wanted it done in the style of an old spook show poster. Very and cool. 
they, they let's just say they didn't have to twist my arm. Yeah, I bet. I was just imagining you going, "Will yeah. I do this?" Yeah, yeah. I, I, I might have peed a little. In excitement. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, tell me about. Do you have another question before? Well, I was going to say uh, it, it was something that uh, that Chad alluded to earlier, and I was going to say that this is the first place that I became aware of Chad, and that was through. Um, Fonts. His sinister fonts. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. We were gonna, I was going to yeah, exactly what I was. Can you about. talk about that, sir? Yes. Uh, like I said, uh, in junior high, high school, um, lettering was just always a thing for me. Um, my dad did it. Uh, well, he was a architect, draftsman, so he had just this amazing, perfect lettering style. And he would make signs for... He was involved in a lot of community projects, very involved with the church. Uh, and so when they needed signs made, uh, you know, poster board, uh, poster board and a big marker, and he'd go to town. So I picked that up largely from him at a young age, uh, doing it for my friends, my school, whatever. And then uh, that evolved into um, hand-lettering stuff just because I enjoyed doing it. And uh, late 90s, I think I, f I forget how it happened, but I think I was made aware that there was a, a piece of software uh, that you could use, you could get relatively cheap and you could use it to turn, uh, to make a font, basically. Sure. So I tried it out and I loved it. And uh, the only thing is... For a standard uh, computer font, there's something like 255 characters. Uh, all the little sure. umlauts and dots and O's with the line through them and special characters and all that. I didn't want to do all those. I just wanted to do uppercase, numbers, maybe lowercase, and a few um, uh, uh, punctuation bits. Right. So what I figured was I'll do just the parts I want to do because uh, I'm not lazy, but I'm also not crazy. And then I just won't charge for them. I'll just give them away. Mm, right. Um, so I did. And the more time went by, the more I made and uh, realized a number of things that people were using them, which was awesome. Um, but also that as a, promotional thing um it's I, I i can't overestimate how valuable it's been uh for my career uh like you said that's why you know who i am is because of the funds right at a show when a potential client walks up uh to find about find out about my services and pricing often as not they're wearing a shirt from their attraction or somebody else's attraction uh, that they've made themselves that is using one of my fonts. Yeah, how awesome is that? So to be able to say, well, actually, I've already sort of done a little work for you and pointed out, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but also now, um, like I said, that episode of Bones was, that blew my mind. The One of my favorites was uh, at the end of Penorman, each character got a splash screen uh, with the actor's name in giant horrific letters. Yeah. And John Goodman was uh, one of my fonts. Nice. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking A. Fucking A. Yeah. So at this point, I've seen him in movies, uh, seen him on albums, magazines, but pretty much everywhere. Horror conventions, 
and haunt conventions in particular, it's like watching my kids everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm very so interested. it's just fun. I'm very interested now. I want to see if our kind of chosen Bleedingham font comes from you. <laughs> it's fun. I, uh, so I, I'm a co-host of a uh, 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 short horror film festival here. And, uh, you know, we're like everybody else. You know, you go to Duff Fonts or some other place, and you look for fonts that, that fit your product. And uh, I'm interested now. I want to know if, if that yeah. font that we what use is... is, is where I'm at my computer. Where what? Tell me where to look, and I'll uh, tell you. Oh, God. Um, uh, look up uh, Bleedingham.com. Bleedingham? Yeah, Bleedingham. Which has nothing to do with bleeding or ham. Um, well, I guess it it's does. It's a play on the city that yeah. we're in. We're, we live in Bellingham, so. I get it. It's something Wolf is the name of the font. I can't remember now. Hmm. Hmm. Well, his I don't see any unusual fonts on okay. here. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh. Well. T- well. Um. And that your fonts are at sinisterfont.com. Sinisterfonts.com. Yep. It's a it's plural. Plural. Okay. Plural. Alright. Uh well let's we're gonna take a break and we'll come back and we'll do let's we'll get into news, news and, and all that other stuff. And we'll let's do that pretty yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. Alright, sit tight, we'll be right back.
oh, I see what you're talking about. That's Wolfsbane, and that is actually the Wolverine font. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, oh, good. Um, okay. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I like this font. I like <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, moving on to not a lot of deaths this week. Just Good. a couple. They're a little obscure, but yeah. I think, um, number one, a guy named Gary DiCarlo. Um, died. He wrote a song called Nana Hey Hey, Kiss Him Goodbye. So, earlier I was telling Tom it's kind of kind of appropriate, isn't it? That's like the, that that's the song that you go out on. It's like nah, nah, nah. Uh, I, I will say this about I w- that song. I hope it's played at his funeral because uh, that would be great. It would be great, right? Um, I will say this. Whenever I uh, uh, was um, graduating from uh, basic training, that was uh, big. That was despite what we were told not to do. That was what we we chanted as we marched. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Michael Bond wrote Paddington Bear. Oh, and wow. I don't know. I've never gotten... As, as, are we, do we have Paddington... Are we any of us Paddington Bear fans? Uh, I'm a Paddington Bear fan in oh, only in that there was a, a series of stop motion shorts. Okay, made with I remember those. Bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read the books when I was very young, and I remember enjoying them, and also uh, introduced me to the concept of orange marmalade, which I am a yeah. big fan. Yeah. I've never heard of it. They did that live-action uh, thing recently. Yeah. Yeah, that looked yeah. awful. It is. That's awful. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Michael Nyquist. He was the bad guy in John Wick. He was in Europa Report, and he was in the original Swedish uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. He was really good. Yeah, he was really good. He was great in John Wick. Wait, uh, which which bad guy in John Wick? The they other. Were... Oh, he, oh, he died? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. like That was like a couple day. of days ago. Yeah. Um, so that's not, I mean, you know, we, we usually have a, that list is really long. Usually, we've been usually getting lucky we sit here and talk for half an hour about people who have died. Uh, let's see, moving on to news. Um, going to be a live action Jetsons, because somebody asked for it. Stop it. No, they didn't. Yeah, I know. No, they didn't. I'm calling bullshit. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, I don't know who, is there a demand? No. Okay. No, 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 no. no. Um, I, you know, back in the day, I would have loved to have seen Dick Van Dyke as George, George Jetson. Jetson. That's great casting. Um, but not anymore. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Now you know, I, I've wanted to see, and now he's probably too old, but, um, oh, God, I'm going to have the brain fart where I can't remember his name. Breaking Bad. Uh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston as Herman Munster. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, uh, Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I best see that when he, uh, as the dad on Malcolm in the Middle, and that's where it first dawned sure, on me. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, while, yeah, we're, yeah. while we're dreamcasting, I also really want to see Doug Jones play Freddy Krueger. That's a good call, too. Yeah. It's not what you would He did, of. no, but he did an episode of Fear Itself, uh, directed by, um, um, one of my favorite free, God, man, I'm getting old. The name yeah. just coming it's not to Nick, me. Nick, is it? Uh, no, God damn it, Larry Fessenden. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, about the Wendigo, and uh, Doug Jones played the Wendigo, and at a certain point in the episode, he stops pretending to be that he's still the person that the Wendigo has taken over, and goes full creature, and it's just a little bit of makeup and these finger extensions, but the way 
he plays it. And there's this one part where he does this rictus grin, and he does his hand up to kind of show off the fingers, but just that with the hat and the gloves, he'd be fucking terrifying. Yeah. He's a good actor, too. He oh, is. I love him. Yeah. He's an amazing actor. It reminds me of, um, if you've seen the BBC Jekyll, James yeah. Nesbitt transforms from Jekyll to Hyde without makeup, with nothing, just sure, using sure. his face. Love and, that. It's, and it's great. Uh, love that. You know, People are talking about the new uh, the, the 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 new Hellboy mm-hmm. franchise is going to start or the reboot or whatever you, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I did um, not know it was a thing. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, the, the the guy who played the sheriff in Stranger Things Stranger is going to be Hellboy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, you know, actually, I can see that. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of a big guy and kind of I can see it surly, and but, he's got that sar- that sort of sarcastic quality. Yeah. I, but a lot of people are like, oh, fuck no, you know, because no well, Toro. People are always going to do that. That's true. My biggest thing is, wait a minute, is Abe Sapiens going to be there? And is it not going to be Doug well, Jones? My, I, I can't know imagine about that. Michael um, Mignola is totally on board. Yeah, he's that. all about it. Supposedly yeah. it's going to be darker and really It's going to be a really hard R. Yeah, yeah. And it so, could be really cool. It could be, it could be I, really cool. I'm down, man. I I don't I don't have. No, order your thoughts, then engage your mouth, Mister Savage. <laughs> I have nothing against remakes in principle. Some of the best movies, some of my favorite movies, are remakes. Uh, I know it's cliche, but goddamn it, the thing was sure. a remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, sure. yeah. Agreed. So it can be done really, really well. So unfortunately, it's not done well very often. Right. Well, I think, I think the big if, trick if is... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, if Mignola's hey, on board, and I, I, if it's done right, I can totally see it. Yeah. I... My thing with remakes is God damn it, do something different. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try to remake the same movie. It's like a cover song. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to do it just like the original, I don't care. Why? Yeah. Okay. Why? Can we comment on this trend where every goddamn trailer at the movies is the music over it is a breathy woman singing an 80s classic really slow (laughs) i want to be sedated (laughs) have you noticed that oh my god okay so nice with trailers i've noticed that and i've noticed that stupid Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we have it's Pacific like, Rim to thank for that, don't we? Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time I remember hearing that. Yeah. All right, let's see. Um, they can Netflix canceled Sense Eight, right? And there was a big letter writing campaign, and they responded by saying there's going to be a two hour finale. Fucking cool. That's, that is cool. That's the way shit like that should happen. I like yeah. that they're allowing them to at least yeah give people some closure. By the way, Sense Eight uh, was a good show. Did you uh, watch it, Chad? I haven't, but I've got it uh, in my next Netflix. It's a, it's a Wachowski thing, yeah. It's a uh, production. I don't remember. I, I want to say it is. I remember. Ooh, it was, the, my interest just uh, increased. I did not know that. Yeah. Guys. I, yeah, yeah, I really yeah. do. I, I haven't seen the Jupiter Ascending thing because it, it scares me. Uh, Jupiter Ascending is kind of silly, but uh, Sensei was cool because <laughs> because you had two characters who were uh, ostensibly together. Mm-hmm. But they were both gay, hmm. and so they had characters that were basically each other's beards. 
You know, they okay. were hiding the fact that they... You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's a very cool show. If you get a chance, check right it out. On. If I'm being honest, should I tell you what I'm binge-watching right now? Yeah. Sure. Gravity Falls. Really? Oh, wow. That's cool. It is... Uh, Mabel is my new favorite anything. <laughs> uh, it started with people telling me for three years, uh, like, getting angry with me that I had not seen Rick and Morty. Yeah, right. So I finally sat down and watched it. Of course goddamn loved it but then there's only two seasons it leaves this itch for a very specific type of entertainment it was my my wind down i work really hard all day and then once i stop i plant myself in my big comfy chair and i watch silly television for a half hour or so before i go to bed just to wind down yeah once you've watched rick and morty nothing else really compares (laughs) it just hits that sarcastic psychotic sci-fi horror sweet spot. Um, But I was talking about that with a friend, and somebody suggested, well, you know, you might want to check out Gravity Falls, and I had heard that before, so I finally did, and I love it. Love that show. Very cool. Let's see. Patty Jenkins officially coming back for Wonder Woman 2. Okay. I'm cool. I've not seen Wonder Woman, but I haven't been to the movies in months. I've not heard one person say a bad thing about it. It's, It's a fine film. I I think I may have mentioned on the last one of the last shows was uh, it it I don't get it. You were kind of befuddled by the feminist. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't get it how how it's still sort of adhering to this weird patriarchy thing and that, sure, that sure. bugs me. But anyway, well, um, isn't it set during World War One? World War One. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, aren't they restricted by when? They, well, I don't know. I haven't well, seen briefly, that. Well, briefly, here, here's my point. I'm royalty. I'm I'm better than royalty. I'm the daughter of a god, and I don't care if I'm walking into Victorian society or or a bar in Louisiana. I'm royalty, and she just kind of does her best to be the the quiet but strong kind of woman thing. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. It just hits a weird tone, and she kind of doesn't get permission to be empowered to be the badass that she to is. be a badass until after uh, Chris Pine and her have sex and it's almost like he is blessing her and allowing her giving her permission to go yeah. be a badass and it's it's it just feels weird in the context uh, honestly of I I didn't feel like I could be a strong powerful woman until I had sex with Chris Pine so <laughs> there's yes. a, wait really? See? I had Chris. We all had sex with We Chris. all had Chris. Let's see. Uh, moving on. David Goyer. So Dude, what a slut that guy that is. That guy. Like, I didn't know that he... Um, David Goyer is working on bringing Isaac Asimov's Foundation Trilogy to... I want to say... It, I thought I read One it of the TV. TV. Yeah. yeah. They're uh, doing that a lot. Yeah, I... Uh, it was deemed unfilmable for a, for yeah, a long time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Foundation trilogy. Wow. Yeah. Really it's been not. years since I read it. Yeah, you, uh, yeah exactly. Me too. Yeah. I was in school. Uh, maybe I should I go back. I just found out that The Mist is a show on yeah. Spike. Yeah. Yeah. that? Yeah. It's, it, I was... Did it, has it started yet? No. Yeah, no. It's, we're like three weeks in. Oh, is it? shit. Yeah. Jesus. I'm really... I, I guess it's... We I'm, don't watch TV. I don't do TV. I got a whole <laughs> thing about it. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it seems like a perfect idea, as much as what Under they, a Glass Dome is. Apparently, what they did was... was I mean, from the trailer uh, that we saw, they took the conceit 
of, you know, a mist rolling into a town full of really bad things, but it's the entire town, mm-hmm. and it's a, a series, so it's not just, you right. know, it's not a just microcosm of society in a grocery store, it's all over the place. Right, right, right. Which makes sense. I, I, I love the idea. I did not love what I saw in the trailers, yeah. but I love. I do love the idea. I think it's I'm definitely going to give it a shot because yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading that story. Man, <laughs> I know. that story in college, and literally the night that I finished it, we had an unprecedented fog roll into cool. town. And being a bunch of gothy art students, the first thing we did was run to the local cemetery. Right. <laughs> Where yes. you literally, if somebody got 10 feet from you, you couldn't see them. It wow. was so creepy. That's, that's very cool. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's... The producer for the Ben Affleck's The Batman is saying that the, the script that they have is, quote, almost Hitch- a Hitchcockian noir detective story. Okay. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Let's see. I'm going to buzz to a lot of these. Um the Broccoli's announced they want to establish a Bond universe. Because everyone gets a universe, I guess. Well, I mean... Can we call it the Bondverse? (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of like non-news, right? I mean, like, hasn't there been a Bond universe already? I think what it implies... I mean, I don't know what it implies. Well, now, if it's like the Star Wars universe, you can make other movies uh, set in that world that don't necessarily involve Bond. Well, remember, sure. he, we could have a story is, where, you know, about Q's backstory, right. or... 008 is, Well, remember, is yeah, I was going to yeah. say, he is number seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and you've also got collateral characters. Felix, sure. that you can I kind of feel like, like, stuff like the Kingsmen and stuff like that is kind yeah. of like yeah, that yeah, already. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Very much so. This is weird. Jake Busey, they, uh, Shane Black cast Jake Busey to play the Gary Busey's son, his right. character from Predator 2, right. in the new Predator movie. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's, that's cool. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. Yeah, he said that I'll never get a chance to play my father's son in this. So Except he went in. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, they're doing a Colonel Tom Parker pick. No, normally I wouldn't care it's an Elvis thing. Right. But here's why I care. Uh, Joe Berliner, who's doing the Paradise Lost thing the, that we talked about last week. Yeah. Spencer Proper, who produced Gods and Monsters, and Steve Ooh. Binder. Now, Steve Binder, he directed Elvis 68 the, and the Hawaii special. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, if anyone knows Colonel Tom Parker, it's these guys. Right. Especially Binder. Hopefully, it's it's an honest portrayal. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, that might be cool. Yeah, it might be. By the way, one of the one of my favorite John Carpenter things was the Elvis. Was the was the Elvis he made, and I've never seen it since it aired on television originally. I remember it came out on DVD with a for with, short time. with Kurt Russell playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elvis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's see more Ben Affleck. Um, they the accountant. There's going to be a sequel to the accountant. Nah. Yeah, I know. The structure of the accountant <laughs> is 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 what it is. Right. Um, there's some sweet fight stuff in that. There movie. is. There is. Yeah, I don't. You know. I don't know what it is, but like action movies, modern day action movies, just really don't speak to me. Like I like I look at them and I'm just like I don't. I don't care. Like I've I seen mean, enough. It depends on who's doing it and how it's done. Sure. Agreed. Yeah. I loved, I really enjoyed John Wick. John Wick 2, I fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah. When they I love the Kingsman. I think the Kingsman has one of the most amazing fight scenes I've ever seen committed to film. 
Agreed. When we we talked about it before about when they introduced the tactical suit. Yeah. In uh, John Wick Two, you're just like, all right, now we're now we're just now we're superheroes. Now we we're superheroes. Yeah. We can, we yeah. Get a shot and let's see, Top Gun yeah. Two coming July 2019. Oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> Olivia De Havilland is suing the people who made Feud over her the her portrayal, the <laughs> Betty Davis, Joan Crawford thing. She's like, I'm the only one that's left alive, and you didn't come talk to me, and so she's suing them. Sounds cool. stupid. Well, here's some good stuff. Can you sue somebody because they didn't ask your opinion? Well, I, I think it was like she's trying to say that it made her look like like more of a. Oh, she's suing thing. over how she's being traded in yeah, the thing, yeah, like libel yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. I good luck with that. I know. Um, here's a couple things that just happened that I just got picked up today. Number one, uh, Marshala Ali, the lead in Moonlight, right, is in talks to be the lead in True Detective season three. Right. Nice. Nah, yeah, right? Which could be very, very cool. Could be season one. It could also be season two. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, this blew me away. 2018, making a movie together, Sammo Hung and Takashi Miyake. That could be awesome. <laughs> it should be awesome. should be. It should be awesome. Please make it a Yakuza movie. Because he hasn't done one of those in a long time. And Samo would be great. Samo would be great. God, he was, he's was he been doing some stuff now, directing and stuff, and it's doing, like, Man, we Samo, thought he end movies Samo's like, he's... Do you follow a lot of that chat, a lot of the martial arts cinema? And... I don't follow it. Uh, when I come across it, I tend to enjoy it. Right on. Uh, yeah. I, I love a good kung fu movie. I especially love a good stylistic kung fu movie. Sure. Sure, sure, um, sure. sure. But I, I wouldn't call myself like uh, a, 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 a not. I don't. I feel like not like you are. <laughs> a chop sake aficionado. By, by the same token, I did recognize both of those names. So there's that. And then finally, the Coen Brothers. They've announced a six-story western omnibus called the Ballad, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And the Coen Brothers making anything, dude. Should be uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Coen Brothers, forget it. I'm in. So, uh, trailers this week, I had a long list, and I'll be <laughs> honest with you, I cut that list in half. There were That's a insane, dude. Yeah, there's a lot of this. So let's <laughs> go through these pretty quickly. Um, there, I don't think any... There's a couple that bear discussion, but most of these are just sort of interesting things. Number one, chapter and verse. Basically, guy comes home from prison and tries to keep... Um, uh, his nephew out of the right gangs. out of gangs and stuff. I think it looks like it looks like the type of movie that is a fine movie and well acted. And I'm not the target audience. <laughs> <laughs> it does look very good. Yeah, looks solid acting wise. Looks a little low budget. Looks a little like Man yeah. on the Fly, but uh, sometimes. The but it didn't. Is... It didn't suffer for that though. No, no. Okay. Not Anything at all. it made it feel more real. I thought. Dude, Agreed. think about Moonlight last year. Like that was made for like a million bucks. It yeah. Was like yeah. Exactly. That. Yeah. Uh, next up, I'm excited about this. Jackie Chan and the Foreigner. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It looked really good. It looks cool. Well, I've I've said for years that Jackie Chan is a much better actor than he's given the chance to show, mm -hmm. except for uh, an occasional film. Um, uh, I, I I wish just I could. The Tokyo thing that just was a couple of years ago. Yeah, where he was... there was a movie even way back in the day that he did with Sammo Hung where Sammo was like his retarded brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that thing, like, really yeah, yeah, shows yeah. some really good acting. Now, chops. to be fair, this is not 
a straight up drama. Oh no no. It it reminded me in structure kind of like uh, Man from Nowhere, where here's an old man that he lost his daughter and he's grief stricken and oh right. by the way he used to be like a super secret badass dude. Right. That's and, actually that's that's the fundamental plot of quite a few action movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It is. They, oh, you shouldn't have messed mess with him. With the, yeah, they messed with the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My uh, friend of mine, uh, <laughs> a guy named Jason Hyde in Chicago, uh, worked at the Gene Siskel Film Center uh, Walking Encyclopedia of Movies. He called it the Rutger Hauer formula. <laughs> he used to be the best. Now he's retired, but he yeah. needs to come back and be the best again. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, That's yeah. true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember? I remember Rutger Hauer in, with Gene Simmons. Remember Wanted Dead or Alive? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's such, such a. Oh, Rucker Howard made some amazing, terrible, but you can't look away from the Dude, movies. Blind that? Fury. That's Blind all I can say. Yep. I, you know, for me, forever, Rutger Howard's best role is the Hitcher. The Hitcher. I, I, I throw yeah. in. I that's throw hard. In, um, well, Roy Batty, really Roy, better Roy than Batty. Is good. No, it's kind of a gimme. That's yeah, like like. You're Dude. in that movie. You're kind of guaranteed. Watch, uh, <laughs> watch him and Stallone in Nighthawks. Dude, Nighthawks is super good. Yeah, in he's that. great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're coming up next. Uh, Strange Weather with Holly Hunter. This looks like what Holly Hunter does best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything Holly Hunter does. Uh, I saw Raising Arizona when I was in college. Sure. And I've been madly in love with that woman ever since. Oh, just because the the getting laid in the front seat and crash. It, it looks great. <laughs> it, it does. It looks like a really good film. So up next, uh, French film from the Land of the Moon with Marion Cotillard. Uh, I'm trying to remember which one was this. It's French. It's the extremely French one that gives. It doesn't really tell you in oh, the, what she, the movie's about at all. It looks like, very beautiful and sounds very beautiful, and but. Even if the sound was off and there were no subtitles, you'd know it's a French film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one I miss you. I miss you. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, it was cool, but I have no sense of what that movie's going to be. I don't know what Agreed. it's about. I think its its main g- gist was, you know, you're like Marianne Cartelliard, yeah. <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> and that's enough. And, and, it, and I, I agree. The whole look, it almost kind of looks, I don't, not quite like an Ivory Coast movie, but its it's got that sort of... Air yeah, you're right. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, up next, uh, story about the L.A. riots, thing called Gook. That I, looked really good. It did. It I does. like the interplay. The dialogue is great. I like the interplay. I like the dialogue. I like that it's black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish it had been made 10 to 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, it seems like a subject that's long overdue. So, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, am I going to go to the theater and see it? Probably not. Probably not. I'll, I'll probably catch it at all. It's definitely going to go go on my Netflix queue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for, for people listening who haven't seen it, it's, a, it's about the complicated relationship between um, African Americans... Who, who live in the neighborhood. Who live in the neighborhood and the Korean... Um, store owners. Store owners who have kind of moved in and... and, and become entrepreneurs. The yeah, they had they run the local bodegas right. and if, if you remember at the time during the riots, they were the ones that were on their roofs defending there was a their big, stores. Yeah. With their own guns and mm-hmm. everyone it was a big so, deal. Look, we've carved out the spot. We're not gonna let you fuck it up. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um next up, 
documentary on the origination of blues in Mali called Mali Blues. Uh, very cool. Looks very, very cool. It also looks like the type of thing that I would listen to while I'm working. Agreed. Can, can, I'm going to be honest. When I saw the title was Malibu's, <laughs> I, read it. Uh, I immediately <laughs> thought of Malibu's Most Wanted. I thought it was going to be like a comedy set in Malibu. <laughs> so when the trailer started, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, cool. I love that kind of stuff. It's yeah. like there's a documentary on tube and throat singers. That sure. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't used to be a documentary guy, but my wife is, and now I love them. I, I just, What's just, the line from Pulp Fiction? My wife's a vegetarian, so that makes me a vegetarian. Pretty much. Pretty yeah, much right. <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's some things she wa- that she likes that I can't stand that I won't watch. Uh, a lot of reality TV. Uh, and I understand it's, you know, it's popcorn brain candy while you're doing something else. I get it. But I really, I have to say, documentary and and Netflix has been a great resource. Sure. Um, But, yeah, I really do. I just really enjoy them. Yeah, and I love the ones about music, just because it's like, it's an opportunity. You're right, you don't have to I think it's just a thing to a product of getting older. Yeah, maybe. And it also sort of helps illuminate something that personally I'm really fascinated with is people's process. Right, yeah. how they put together what For they do. For me, it's often the 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 movie, the the documentary about movies. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you and, do a lot of that. Oh, I love, yeah, I that. love, yeah, I love this, all of them, every one I come across. Sure. <laughs> right, let's see. Uh, Wesley Snipes is back. Yeah. In armed response. This I had the least <laughs> response to. I sat no. there, and stared at the screen. Even the title sounds like something from the 80s. Yeah. It just yeah. sounds like... It's just, it just looks like a, a reel of action movie tropes. Yeah, right. it looked kind of a, like Die Hard meets Chopping Mall. Was this the... I kind of feel like it's the that the trailer maybe is not doing its job. Mm, because right. it wasn't until the very end that I even started to get the sense that this building is alive and defending itself or something they don't make really clear. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, so there's, it could be a function of the trailer, but then again, it could just be it's a Wesley Snipes movie. I get the I get the feeling that it's a that there's a it's an action movie, it's a disposable action movie. Sure. But there's some kind of uh, element that makes it like I don't know something else. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, there's something insidious going uh, on. I'll say this. Yeah, it okay. feels like there's a sci-fi element to it that right. they just really don't push at all in the trailer. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I will say the only reason I'm really interested for the most part is I I love watching Wesley Snipes fight. I think sure. he, Oh, dude, I'm, if this is on HBO and I'm home uh-huh. on a weeknight, I'm totally going to watch it. Right, right. right on. But I'm not going to go to the theater. Uh, let's see. Andrew Garfield in a movie called Breathe about the guy who invented a chair. This looks like Oscar bait to me. It does oh, look totally. like Oscar bait, but most <laughs> I Oscar told my bait wife was. that that one in the last face looked like they were scientifically designed to win Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, you know, I didn't add. We were gonna. T- I, I have the last face, the new Sean Penn, Charlie Theron. Yeah. Um, have you seen the trailer? Yeah. Oh, okay, we can talk about it. I can yeah, delete yeah, it from yeah, the list. Yeah. Um, agreed. It looks like somebody wants an Oscar really, really, really sure. bad. Yeah. But to, to be fair, it also looks like a really great movie. Agreed. Both of these. And I, Andrew Garfield, the minute I saw him in um, Social Network, right? that kid blew me away. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, I, I think he's my favorite Spider-Man. Wow. 
uh, the what was the last one he did? The Mel Gibson movie that the I can't Hacksaw believe. Ridge. Yeah, have you seen that? Amazing movie. It is. He's so good in it. It is so bloody. Yeah. It's oh, amazing yeah. how violent that movie is for a movie about non. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, About a pacifist, right. <laughs> right, right. And then some big ones. Uh, we got three more in there, and they're the big ones. Uh, Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron in a film that about P.T. Barnum. I, I don't know that it's it's associated with... There was a Broadway play star, Jim Dale, called Barnum, that Hugh Jackman it performed It feels like it. It feels like it. Um, I will say this. One, and listeners of the show know this. I'm a sucker for this kind of shit. Uh, I... I'll totally go watch it. Same here. Um, I I wish that they... I'd love to see a biopic on P.T. Barnum that was not, uh, I don't know, a musical or somehow mm-hmm. fanciful. You, 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 like, I want to say like... Because the guy was a dick, too. Agreed. You know, yeah. The, what's the movie the about uh, Robert E. Howard with Vincent D'Onofrio? And oh my god that gets uh, really really real yeah I uh, want that from PT Barnum. the whole wide world the whole wide world that's a fucking good movie I don't want I don't want you know this is the circus there's a lot of that going on in this movie it's this, like this one felt more like a Baz Luhrmann thing to me exactly <laughs> it totally which did. I love Baz Luhrmann I'll, I'll see it for that reason but yeah. I'm not going to look to it as like a factual representation right of P.T. Barnum's career. Right. You did, they didn't have handguns in Romeo and Juliet days? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Going on, um, Death Note. Adam Wingard is bringing the Japanese phenomena to America. Um, Willem Dafoe is the demon. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool because he kind of looks like him anyway. <laughs> uh, but I was disappointed that, that we're not really shown the demon, that he's kind of kept in the shadows. I'm yeah. glad that they didn't. I don't want to see it until the... the sh- I, one of the things that's really started to bother me lately is trailers that give you the whole goddamn movie in the trailer. True. But there were moments in Get Out that I really wish I had not seen the trailer because I knew they were coming. Yeah. And they're like big moments... Plot-wise, in the yeah. film, we've talked I ab- about them because of the goddamn trailer. We've talked about this before. I still maintain that one of the most awesome trailers ever was the trailer of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, yeah. where you literally saw nothing except the yellow lines of a highway. Yeah, I just you remember get- the one for Alien. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's another great example. You, you, all you yeah. know is it's going to be terrifying. Well, yes. people forget. It's like. Trailers are just supposed to, to tickle your interest. How many times have you watched a trailer that, by the end, you go, "Well, I don't need to see." I that. don't need to see this movie. Yeah. Oh, we we now on when we're looking at like Amazon uh, for something to rent, we'll start the trailer, and if they start to give away too much, we'll turn the trailer off. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Really, a, a trailer is supposed to be the poster that's on the fence. Yeah. Outside of the fucking carnival mm-hmm. that gets you in. It's foreplay. Yeah. And, absolutely. And, and to have it, to, you know, these days it's just I don't need to know that much. Just yeah. let me, I'll trust you, you know, or right. I won't. On the subject at hand, both of my daughters are big anime fans and big Death Note fans specifically. So the only reason I know really about it is because of them. Mm-hmm. But right. that I said, saw, it, it looks really cool. Yeah, I saw the Japanese one. And they also did uh, they did two of them, and they also did one on the, you, okay. the L character. So what you said that you saw the Japanese one. Are you talking about a live action? Thing? Yeah, there was a live action. One. Okay. Yep. And Ryuk, the 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 demon, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever he is, uh, looked amazing. Did looked he cool. not? Yeah. yeah. And that's why I was disappointed in this trailer in that 
I kind of get the feeling that we're never going to see Ray in this new. Mm. Uh, in, oh, in, uh, no, uh, uh, we'll get to see him. Okay, yeah, I okay. think King, King talked about in Dance Macabre, like, it's okay, all that playing coy shit is okay, but sooner or later... You've got to show the monster. Yeah, you got to show the monster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll be. I think they're playing coy with the trailer because they should play coy with the trailer. Yeah, it's just. Don't you want to now? Having watched the trailer, aren't you more interested to see what the thing looks like? Yeah, I wasn't interested at all because I just figured I'd already been here, and now I watch the trailer and I go, "All right, okay." It leaves you. It leaves you wanting more, and that's exactly what a trailer should do. It's Adam Wingard, who yeah, who's who's no slouch. Yep. So I'm there. It'll be interesting. And then finally, uh, I'm going to end on a really shitty down note. And yeah. that's this Jumanji 2 thing oh. with dude. Um, The Rock and Jack Black. Dude, 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 dude. That is... It, those movies, okay, uh, uh, and, and oddly, they often have Dwayne The Rock Johnson in them. Uh, mysterious That's Island. all he's doing now. Uh, the, he did the Journey of the Earth thing. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Doing, oh he's doing he's doing a movie based on Rampage. If you it's remember the the video game, Gaiju eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Uh, it's all bullshit, and I, it needs to stop. I do like the idea that they're the 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 idea of updating it. I like the idea that these people, whoever they are in the real world, become someone different. That's cool. That I is, think the conceit is brilliant. Yeah, if yeah. you're gonna make another Jumanji movie, the the structure that they came up with for it mm-hmm. is brilliant. Agreed. The thing and is- I found myself chuckling during the trailer. I'm I'm pretty sure at some point I will see this movie. Agreed. The thing that's weird is, can we just agree that like Kevin Hart is becoming the Mantan Moreland? <laughs> I mean, it's he's just there to scream and look bug-eyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just got... I'm heartened to, to, to remember, we talked about it on a previous show, that Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston are doing that that uh, remake of the uh, the film about the um, the writer and the caretaker. I'm, I'm, the name is slipping my head. Not Untouchables or Intouchables. Right, right, right. Um, so that's cool, because I think Kevin Oh, Hart I didn't... Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I saw Intouchables and really loved it. I did not know that yeah, that... Yeah, they're, they're remaking thing. it. Yeah. Oh, that's... That's interesting. With Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. I love Kevin Hart um, in small doses. Yeah. Um, that said, I found myself watching Central Intelligence and actually laughing. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it, but yeah, Brian yeah. Cranston, anything he does, I'll check out. Literally anything. Yeah. yeah. We just saw. We just reviewed a trailer that he's doing about he's a dude who goes to work. But hides in the house next door in the attic, yeah, and that, watches how his family deals with that. Looks his crazy, weird, yeah. But he, it's it's just Brian Cranston. And it's a in great a room. opportunity for him to act as that. That's like. great. Yeah. That's great. All right, see, we made it through that. That was yeah, only yeah, yeah. a dozen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jerry, oh, we're not talking about Revolt. Was Revolt on that list? Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you guys got to it after that. That was supposed to be for next week, but that's fine. Let's talk about Revolt. Uh, I'm so in. Are you? I'm right so in. I I love Lee Pace, uh, and I have no idea what this movie is going to be about. But <laughs> it's sci-fi battles with mechanized things that don't look like anything I've ever seen. Yeah, they're like they're like mech turkeys. They're yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I've never seen like things. Feature design like this, yeah. and I admire that. Yeah. 
Lee so, Pace is well, great. I really, I fucking love that guy. Yeah. I, uh, I was the biggest Pushing Daisies fan ever. Wasn't he so, in, um, was, was he in the, uh, the Reaper, not the Reaper movie, the, 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 the Dead Like Me? Wasn't he in Dead Like Me? I don't know, but, but Tom and I both love him because of, uh, the movie The Fall. Oh, yeah, yeah that's what it Oh, was. he's amazing in The Fall. Yeah. Oh, don't get me yeah, started yeah, on The Fall. Yeah. Um, I so love that movie. This, this movie looks a lot like Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. I thought the same thing, and you actually beat me to that. I totally agree. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. No, not a no, bad not thing at all. all. No, no, Jeez. no. By the way, have you have you guys yes. caught the newest the thing new from thing. Oats? Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. looks great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what? yeah. What? What are we talking about? So Neil Blomkamp kind of moved camp, and he's up in Vancouver now, and he's doing weird. He has this place called Oats Studio, and they're doing these... Uh, shorts. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like 20 minutes long or yeah, so. Yeah, the first one had Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, and uh, and I don't know if they're, if they're supposed to be launching pads for feature things or if it's its own. I'm not sure. Or if they're just exercise. Well, I read that Sigourney Weaver was lobbying really hard for him to direct uh, yeah. a new alien movie. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. he was in and then he was out and now they're showing uh, a different thing. Yeah. I, I would love to have seen that. Uh, Neil yeah. Blomkamp's Alien would be great. Yeah, it would be. I can't imagine. Yeah. And especially when you look at the the way he can do designs and, and uh, the, the robot the robotic sure. designs. And the, and yeah. I just think it's, it's great. And oat stuff is the the shit. It's great. I haven't yeah. seen any of it that I, I've gone like, eh. Yeah. It's always been. Yeah. It's, it's good. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Cool. Um, winding up, Chad, have you seen anything recently you want to recommend to people or thinking think on that and then we'll, we'll go to Langley we'll come right back to you you see anything uh well you know me i i don't watch new things i watch the old things yeah. over and over and over again and uh so lately i've been <laughs> i've been uh re-watching slash listening to while i'm working um the uh pbs documentary about andy warhol there we go uh, which is like i don't know it's, it's stupid it's like three or four hours long yeah um uh, but yeah that's, that's, that's always interesting that's stuff. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Thought of anything? I'm actually pulling up my Amazon viewing history. <laughs> All right, I'll come right back to you then. Me, um, <laughs> I continue to do the, the the 365. Here's a couple of things. I'm gonna. There's a lot of shit in here. Teenage zombies, nightmares. Um, a couple things I saw that I did like Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Sure. Um, which was fun. Love. Great movie. Uh, something called Tibet in Song. It's a documentary on uh, bands and the indigenous music of Tibet. Right. More of what we were just saying about the Molly Blues thing. Right. And finally, a documentary called Everything or Nothing. That is a pretty comprehensive documentary on Ian Fleming and the writing of all the Bond stuff. Nice. And uh, talks a lot about his days in British intelligence mm-hmm. and how he decided to, um, for example, name Bond. There was a a uh, book on wildlife it was written by a guy named James Bond and um, when he was writing it Ian Fleming looked up and saw the name and went yeah okay that's a great name, that's a great name. <laughs> but it's great it's it's long and it's it's pretty comprehensive very cool that's good stuff okay you Chad uh, the missus and I just watched a little indie uh, flick starring uh, Woody Harrelson uh, called Wilson Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which I really enjoyed. Um, it's it's uh, based on uh, Dan Clow's comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely had that 
uh, American Splendor, Ghost. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was the other one? Ghost. Um, Ghost World. City, Ghost Town, Ghost something. Ghost World. Ghost World. Yes, thank yeah. you. Very much set in that world. Uh, it was really fun. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the American Splendor thing. It, it, it reminded me a lot, a lot of that too. Uh, right on. Oh, I'm gonna forget the name, which makes me suck. Uh, <laughs> you know, never mind. It would take me too long to find it. <laughs> right on. Uh, what are you reading? I have not been reading lately, oh. and I, I need to uh, make myself start reading again. Right on. Uh, I have a pile of books, and ironically, the, on the top of it is uh, The October Country by Ray Bradbury. Nice. Look at that. Uh, nice. And when I say a pile of books, I mean, like, three shelves worth of books that I want to <laughs> read. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I always feel like I don't have time, yeah. but you know, that sort of thing, you got to make the time. Absolutely, so yeah. It's, it's something I need to do, and I want to do, and I'm going to do. Yep. Uh, I've been reading a book about snake handling preachers, which the name of which I can't remember right yeah. now. It's something like snake handling preachers. Right. Uh, <laughs> Is this from Latin, like because we did Southern Godlike last week? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I've been reading that. I've been reading um, October Dreams yet again. Oh yeah. Yeah, which is that's that cemetery great. dance collection. Yeah, yeah well, that's great. Dude, that, that oh, that's a good. Yeah, that that's a great. Is, one. It's a huge brick, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's all so good. Um, I've also been reading the uh, Secret History of Twin Peaks. Oh, good. Which uh, are you digging the show? I'm not watching the show. Oh. I, I'm introducing Jen to the original two oh, uh, that's good. seasons. Are you liking the show? Are you watching it, Jen? Um, I, <laughs> I, uh, we got rid of all our uh, extra pay channels like Stars and, and HBO and whatnot to make our uh, TV cheaper, and then we subscribed to them on Amazon, because mm. then you get access to everything all the time. Right, right. You don't have to wait for it to come on. Yeah, and sooner or later so, all this stuff will come. all of a sudden, there were four episodes of Twin Peaks, The Return, so I sat and watched them, and the fourth episode literally ends with David Lynch's FBI character asking his fellow agent, or excuse me, admitting to his fellow agent that he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> And that's the end. Now, I didn't know how many episodes the new Twin Peaks was supposed to be, so I had this very real panic moment of, oh, my God, is this it? Oh, my God. <laughs> because I could see it. Uh, I took my concerns to the interwebs, and the facey space was very quick to reassure me that, no, there are, in fact, 18 episodes that will be released uh, periodically for the next several months. So oh, I'm very relieved. But it's, it's blown people's minds, dude. This it, so much happened in those four episodes, and the what happens is so batshit crazy that I don't want to just go watch episode five. I want to go start over. Yeah, right. So it's all one long thing because I'm afraid I'm going to lose some of the narrative threads. But so far, I have not remotely been disappointed. Yeah. Uh, huge Twin Peaks fan. I did all of the cliche things when it was, uh, the, you know, in its original run, the sure. cherry pie and coffee parties, all of that <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, have rewatched it over the years, uh, own it on DVD, you know, all that. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying what I've seen so far. This will come and I'm, I'm a David Lynch fan, <laughs> hardcore, not just his movies, but his music, uh, yeah. just who he is as a person, you know. His artwork. Uh, 
this will come as no surprise. Yeah. I am not what yeah, you yeah, just yeah. said. Yeah. But I am interested <laughs> in um in because it's everyone's telling me how like crazy batshit it is that um I mean it is it's probably the most surreal thing on television right now. Uh and then the, me, with the exception of Legion. <laughs> right. Um me I just picked up uh, Alison McLean's Ice Station Zebra. Yeah, I'm sorry to read it. It's it's, like, it's awesome. It's a. awesome. Uh, well, hey, uh, why are we doing this? Is awesome. This is actually doing this every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, thanks for coming on. How do people get in touch with you to find your stuff? SinisterVisions.com is. Uh, I've got lots of websites for different reasons, but uh, SinisterVisions.com has links to all of them, so that's probably the best place to start. And what are you working on now? Uh, I'm actually going on vacation in a couple of days yeah. for the first And I don't even know how long. Uh, going to Salem. Uh-huh. Oh, um, nice. With the family. Um, but I'm working on the stuff I'm always working on. Right on. Stuff for haunted houses. Uh, and uh, I, we didn't even get into the, the pins and patches and all that shit. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just doing what I do. Right on. Right on. I saw you were drawing recently. Is that true? Me? I heard, yeah. Yeah, I'm drawing. Right on. A lot. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That is yeah, good. Cause, cause you gotta, if you haven't seen Lionley's work, dude, you got to check it out. It's awesome. <laughs> and vice versa. It's fucking awesome. Cool. Uh, me. Just completed the second act finale of No Flesh Shall Be Spared sequel. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's the first time things are changing from my outline. Like, I write and I look back at my outline and go, whoops. <laughs> We went a little off in the weeds there. Uh, but it's coming along fine. Cool. Uh, String of Pearls is at Crossroad Press. They're working on it. Cover's done. Everything's done. I'm hoping that within a couple of months, that'll be out. Cool. All right. Next week, I know I don't want to... Ble- uh, this is pretty solid, though. Next week, we, as a guest, we have Hollywood historian David DelVale, who's doing a lot of um, commentaries on the shock cinema stuff and, and, and that kind of stuff, the sure. synapse stuff. David's awesome and has some great, great stories. Like go, driving to a to a signing, we just him and Vincent Price in a car. That kind <laughs> of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's great stuff. Anyway, thanks, dude. Thanks for coming on. We're gonna have you back as soon as oh. you, can, you get back from vacation. Absolutely, Chad. I I look forward to it. This has been a blast. Right on. All right. So for the Bus Pure Podcast, we'll see you next week. I'm Tom Carnell and I'm Langley West. Stay scary. <laughs>